Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Man. Pick up, baby. Yeah. Holy crap. 
And welcome back, back on my channel this week for the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And before we get into what is sure to be a uh, fun, controversial, divisive, whatever episode you want to call it, before we get into the hot takes, uh, I want to thank uh, a couple people really quick for your contributions before the stream tonight. Uh, I'll, amazing support. So first off, uh, thank you, Jimmy, for your first super chat on the channel, it says, uh, $100 saying, hi, guys, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I thought the race from this past weekend was great because there were no stage breaks because I think the racing is better the way uh, that way and keep up doing a great job with the podcast. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank we, you so much. And we'll talk about that uh, definitely. And then also thank you to Eric W., for uh, 10 gifted memberships. We'll get to the rest of the Super Chats, members, everything like that uh, later tonight. Uh, but I'm joined tonight with the usual panel, the three co-hosts here. We got, let's see if I can do this right for one. Darian, Eric, Hello. and then, yep, nope, that way, Danny. <laughs> Danny's right there. So. <laughs> uh, but let's let's roll right into this uh, while we're going uh, at, at a, a pretty fun pace with it. And Darian. Lead us off on what you think the biggest hot take from this week should be. So Daniel Suarez clearly made a giant fool of himself post-race, running into the back of not only his teammate in uh, in total frustration, but also Alex Bowman, who is uh, once again the points leader. I know Danny's happy. Um, yes, and and in the process, uh, there were um, some crew, um, some uh, some NASCAR officials around him and stuff. Extremely dangerous. And was fined $50,000 and docked no points. However, I don't think that penalty is, is severe in the slightest. Pit roads are, are um, they're, um, they're already dangerous enough as is, um, you know, when the, uh, when the race is going on. And post-race, everybody's just sort of relaxing. They're letting their guard down anyways. And then you have Daniel Suarez bumping into the back of Alex Bowman. And, and, and even afterwards, I, um, I think Alex Bowman was uh, even pointing to the official like, hey, he almost hit that guy, basically. So, in my opinion, I think these penalties need to be upped to multi-race suspensions. Yeah. All right? You got to learn somehow. You have to <laughs> learn the hard way. You got to learn the hard way somehow. Pit roads are extremely dangerous as is. Um, and if these, if these drivers are going to keep putting the lives of crew people at, at risk, then I think that'll send them a, a strong message never to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot i'm not sure you actually believe that one darian i, I feel like that that i, I don't it's know it's a hot this is a hot take segment oh my Darian. gosh all right well i'm gonna make sure I, I keep my take with at least grounded enough in reality to where i think this is clearly uh uh defendable but okay tyler reddick wins this weekend it's his third road course race uh in like the past year um he's great at road courses we wondered last year if maybe it was just he drives a chevy randall burnett but he comes over to toyota a manufacturer that kind of struggled on road courses last year and if you look at sunday's results they really weren't in contention outside of tyler reddick and reddick immediately gets a win so it's clear he's the most valuable piece of that pie i'm ready to say that tyler reddick is the best road course racer currently in nascar and yes that does include chase elliott I think he's easily top three. I think the only other two even in the conversation are Chase Elliott and AJ Allmendinger. And I hate to dock Chase in a week where he didn't even run. Like if Chase Elliott was healthy and racing, maybe he would have been competitive and right there with uh, Tyler Reddick throughout the day. But, you know, Chase Elliott didn't win a single road course race last year. In the next gen era, it's Tyler Reddick three, Chase Elliott zero. 
Tyler Reddick, I think, needs deserves all the credit in the world. He withstood every single restart, every push, every pile into turn one. Uh, and he, even on that three-stop strategy, was outpacing the field before all the cautions. So I want to give Tyler Reddick a ton of credit. Right now, he is the best road course racer in the NASCAR Cup Series, and I don't think there's any question. Um, my hot take is these drivers right now have no respect for one another in the garage area. In fact, actually, I went to a pro fishing tournament this weekend where I saw more respect for the competitors there. Than I think we're seeing in a NASCAR garage right now. I saw these competitors in the Bassmaster Classic literally just high fiving each other, giving each other a, a hug, you know, just, just, just talking about their day afterwards in the media center. And then, at, and then at the end there was, competitors who were eliminated from the tournament in the stands rooting on their fellow competitors knowing that they had lost three hundred thousand dollars and some guy was going to win it but they were still showing great sportsmanship so right now i think there's more uh respect for pro fishermen than there is for nascar drivers right now <laughs> well I don't know exactly which one. I have multiple ones that I have to choose from. So for me, that's always been the hardest part every week is choosing which hot take I'm going to go with. Uh, but we kind of talked about, you know, you guys talked about the etiquette, talked about, you know, different drivers. Um, and Eric, you talked on one side of the coin about the good with Tyler Reddick. I'm going to talk on a different side of it and say this. I think Tyler Reddick still has a lot to prove. Uh, yes, he has four wins in the last 25 races. Three are road courses. Three of those are road courses. One of those is a Texas race where it was just basically musical chairs up front while people got eliminated as the night went on. I think Tyler Reddick is easily a top 10, borderline top five driver consistency-wise. I think he is a driver who, uh, get given the position, especially with Coda in the second round, or not Coda, uh, Charlotte Roval in the second round, should be... I would say a lock, honestly, with the speed he has in general, even after a slow start for the round of eight uh, with the talent in general. But I want to see Tyler Reddick actually come out there and you know dominate an intermediate track or, or win at a short track, something different than the MO that he has right now. Uh, I Like I said, I think he's proved a lot. I still think to get to that next level, he's got to win at at a track and in a race where he just flat out dominates somewhere that – you know, it takes a lot of uh, of a different kind of skill set. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. All right. I still think yeah. he's right now the best road course racer, which well, is, right. is, is a value. Darian, I just want to, like, do you really think Suarez should have been suspended two races for not okay, bumping this right. Bowman? If we're going to keep it real, maybe at least one race. At least one. Uh, okay. One, <laughs> one. I could at least. Maybe you gotta understand. learn your lesson, bro. It's very dangerous, bro. Very I, I dangerous. wholeheartedly agree. I especially I agree. after a race, man. You know. I was shocked, so I went back and looked. Remember, uh, Charlotte, 2014, when everyone was mad at Keselowski and he was mad at everybody. Mm-hmm. So he runs into Kenseth and Stewart on pit road. He should have gotten a penalty. Well, yeah. he got fined fifty thousand dollars, same as uh, what Suarez just got. Mm-hmm. Um, no points penalty. And Tony Stewart, remember Tony Stewart backs it into Keselowski's car, just destroys the front of the In car. In reaction. In reality, he only got a $25,000 fine for that. No <laughs> points penalty. So, like NASCAR, at least they've been consistent on this, but you okay. could argue for sure there should be a slightly steeper. I, I could argue points. I don't know about suspension, but points, okay, maybe. A uh, uh, quick question uh, Who won the uh, hot take segment? Uh, <laughs> Darian with a very small two thirds of the vote. Yeah, wow. He's 
not just outright, oh, man. Boy, no competition. Well, once yeah. again, I have the most lukewarm take, so I'm. Hey, hey, you're close though. You're close though. You're in the you're in the battle for second, sort of, <laughs> sort of. I'm, Danny I'm, delivers I'm, in the chat. Says, bro, they suspended Josh Williams for basically doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, that is, yeah, he's yeah, not wrong. You ain't wrong there. No, you ain't wrong there. Well, we'll, but leave, we'll leave that yeah. poll up. And, you know, let's let's roll right into code this weekend. Now, I'm going to roll into this, honestly, a little easier, and we'll get more controversial as we talk about some stuff uh, going into it. But Tyler Reddick getting his fourth win in the last 25 races, uh, most wins out of anyone in the NASCAR Cup Series in this uh, frame of time. Uh, I want to pass it uh, starting off to the guy who was there, Eric. Uh, what was watching Tyler Reddick have that kind of performance in person like compared to, say, us watching on TV? Because I got to see him win the first of those four. I want to know what it's like at Coda and and how dominant I think he looked compared to the rest of the field. He was clearly one of the fastest. You know, I, I tweeted actually on Saturday after qualifying. I'm like, dang, I'm going to regret not picking Tyler Reddick, aren't I? Because even though he didn't get qualify on the pole, you could tell he was right there. And, and long runs, race pace, he was going to have what it took. But even watching it in person, you could tell, okay, he's fast. Between he, Byron, you know, Alex Bowman looked pretty good. Daniel Suarez, I think Chastain might have been up there early. There was someone else uh, as well. Like, But there's like three or four or five cars that you're like, they're all... I can't tell who's truly the best where Reddick began to separate himself is when he made that first pit stop, you know, he pit earlier than everybody else. He was on a different pitch strategy than most of the rest of the top five. And then when they cycled back through, he still took the lead back from Byron. I think what happened was Reddick had pit. He falls way back. Byron pits and like Reddick, Reddick comes out ahead, of course. And then, you know, Reddick pits a second time. He Reddick's on his second stop. Byron's only made one and Reddick is still passing Byron on the racetrack. It was at that moment. I want to say that was stage two that I was like, okay, no, this is Tyler Reddick's race to lose. He's clearly got the best pace. It's going to take a bunch of wacky restarts or a weird strategy play to beat him. And you know, that, that was eye opening. So uh, no, he was dominant. I think the the crowd, uh, at least where I was sitting in turn one was, kind of like, uh, I don't know, they're very moderate. They didn't really have a favorite, but I think by the end of this race, most everyone was pulling for Tyler Reddick to seal the deal just because they'd seen how fast he was and they didn't want all those late race restarts to you know cheap him out of a win. Darren? Yeah, Tyler Reddick, man. Just early on, I'll admit, I kind of sort of jumped the gun first three races of the season. I'm asking, what's going on here, man? Like, I mean, we're, you know, came over to this team. I figured you would uh, be solid out the gate. But uh, clearly, just um, needed to uh, take his time, and also he's known for having some uh, some uh, some uh, hard luck every now and then. So um, it was great to see him finally get his first win with twenty three eleven, and uh, just just to hear Kurt Busch getting choked up in the uh, during the broadcast. That was um, that shows you that um, he still has a um, has a a strong fabric was, within that team. It was yeah. sad to hear that. Yeah, it was it, it was both sad, but then heartwarming at the same time. At least that's the vibe I had gotten. Um, yeah. but you know what, it, like he said, the, the 45 team is in good hands. It, indeed. Indeed. Uh, four, fourth career cup series, uh, fourth career cup series, victory, uh, three of four coming on road courses. So yeah, like you said, Eric earlier, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, out of 
he's won three next gen road course races, you know? So, I mean, you can make a case for him being considered the best one too. And, you know, against some pretty stout competition. I mean, once Chase Elliott gets back, Kyle Larson, you know, AJ Allmendinger is supposed to be the road course King, right? But no, it turns out to Tyler Reddick, my, my, he's in that talk. He's in that conversation. So yeah, Tyler Reddick finally getting the monkey off of his back. First win of the season. Um, how will he do for the rest? I mean, you know, the last three races, he has certainly turned it around, you know, multiple top five finishes, including a victory. Um, you know, if he keeps this up for through the uh, through the rest of the first quarter of the season, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say, you know, championship right away. But I mean, it's definitely a, a solid team. I mean, he's on pace for having a solid season. Three well, straight top fives. I mean, they've once yeah. they've turned it on, they've turned After it on. After a bad season. Also, they were yeah. they were as low as 38th in the points. Yeah. Remember yeah. that. Well, Danny, what do you think? Like, what has Tyler Reddick proven anything to this point that he hadn't before going over to twenty three eleven? I mean, he definitely proved that road course skills is definitely something that he's he's got. He's got down pat at this point. It don't matter if he's if he's in a Chevy or Toyota now at this point. Uh, he's he's proven to us all that hey, if you don't go with Tyler Reddick, then you're sadly mistaken here, bud. All of us. <laughs> like, I, I don't think. I, I'd have to check it out. I have it right on me. I don't think any of us picked Reddick. Uh, this and you know what? Hey, shame on us. Hey, what fools, yeah. what, how, how foolish of us not to even consider him? Yeah. Yeah. Looking back. But no, I, so I got to say, I have been very uh, impressed at the turnaround they've been able to do. Um, and it, it's just, it's crazy to me though, every year. Uh, and we'll, maybe this can kind of lead into, to what we can talk about next. Every year, 2311 has this kind of inconsistent start, and now we're seeing it inconsistent in different ways. We're seeing it inconsistent where, you know, and I, I'll pop up the, the points in a moment here, uh, but we're seeing it where you have one driver who, after a slow start of bad luck, is still fast and competing for wins like that team was at the end of last season. Then you have another driver who is just sort of stuck in neutral. So... I think this kind of leads us into the bubble Wallace. This will be the first little bit of, of, uh, I, I guess controversy, controversy that yeah. controversy that is completely unneeded. That's been like the, I feel like this, the, the frame of Sunday controversy. It's unneeded and starting off with, with, uh, bubble Wallace. So yeah. bubble Wallace, I, I believe had like an oil line break or something like there was fluid on the track behind his car. It was a similar incident um, to what happened with uh, Kyle Larson at um, on the Indy Road Course last year. I, I well, think but, but, well, it was what a similar happened? break, right? Well, I I don't think we ever confirmed anything broke on Larson's car. I think we oh. basically determined that he just forgot to hit the brake. Like he just had like a weird like really. Remember, oh. I just remember Hendrick said nothing broke in his car, and it was like oh. it was very, that was very hmm. odd. Like that was yeah, like, it was wow. weird. Wow, I don't, never mind. I don't know what happened to Bubba because obviously it happened on the farthest end of the racetrack from where I was sitting. I was trying to see on the big screen what was going on. I was listening to a PRN, I guess, and they were speculating, and I don't know if they ever confirmed that, yeah, he had like an oil line break and maybe mm -hmm. that the oil coming out of that slipped him up and it caused him to slide. But then Bubba's reaction afterwards, calling it a rookie mistake, makes oh, me think that no, he yeah. kind of just messed up. Like he just, no, I don't know, lost so focus. Who knows? I don't that's know. What, that, that's what has cars. me confused. There were yeah. cameras on cars behind him. There was clearly fluid on the track, whether it was from him okay. or another car. Okay. But yeah, he does that post-race interview. He, I believe he had said, like, what, what was the exact quote oh, he had said? I, I, I remember, yes. he's. He, uh, well, first off, he um, said what happened, and then he says, 
trying not to go down the slippery slope of self-doubt right here. Two weeks in a row, making rookie mistakes, six years in the cup, need to be replaced. Walks away. Hmm. So can I? Yeah, go, for go, go ahead. Go for it. You, I can tell you want to go for it because I'm, I'm going to probably just continue a thread that I had basically started saying last year, I think. Okay. So early this season on the podcast, I called all three of you out because I'm like, why do you guys have Bubba Wallace in your playoff addiction? Super speedways. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I, I looked at Can- he won I, Kansas. I looked at Kansas. I, yeah. yeah. I thought he can, he'll improve. That's yeah. where I See, thought Reddick would get in, honestly. <laughs> See, here's the problem, though. Okay, you know, take all right, forget that this is even, you know, bubble walls and stuff. Just look at the stats on paper. Okay, look at the stats from the past two and a half years. We've been talking about this 23 team. Okay, this is the year. This is the year, right? We're in year three. Tyler Reddick just had a phenomenal weekend. Now, granted, road courses are his thing. They're his thing. But it was such a crazy weekend for 2311. On one side of the garage, Tyler Reddick had the weekend of his life. On the other side, it seems like Bubba Wallace is at one of the lowest points of his career. And I don't think I'm overreacting in that assessment because what driver has ever said publicly that they need to be replaced? I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm, I'm personally drawing a blank. I've heard, I've heard drivers publicly say, oh, yeah, we don't deserve to be running up front. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. We'd be wasting a spot, a.k.a. Tony Stewart 2011. But I have never heard a driver say publicly we need to be replaced. Look, I'm all for keeping it real. I'm all for criticism and stuff, and especially self, you know, self, you know, self-evaluation. It's all about self-evaluating yourself. You know, um, um, uh, analyzing your flaws and your, you know, um, your pros and your cons, that sort of thing. Um, but to hear somebody just say on national TV that they need to be replaced, I mean, Bubba Wallace already has enough enough haters for all the wrong reasons as is, and to me. You just gave more ammunition. You gave more fuel. You put more fuel on the fire by saying that. You know, just because, you know, like you don't have to blurt out every criticism that you're thinking in that moment. And especially when it looks like it was it was basically just, you know, one of those mechanical uh, uh, failures in this case, you know? So I this is, like I said, a continuation of something I had started. I, I remember, I believe it was Nashville, I want to say, last year. Where I came on to the show crew, after the pit crew blow up. Yeah. Right? And, he, and he just blew up and went to the garage and, mm-hmm. and, and I remember coming on here and I remember the chat a lot and, and a lot of you guys might do the same thing again, but I remember like I got flamed for saying that like he needs to fix the attitude and, and the emotional issues like yesterday. And then we had the stuff with Larson and we've had little emotional outbreaks his entire career and emotions yeah. fine. Like emotion is fine. It's, when you say something like that, I have to think from a from a crew and a team perspective. A team that is 21st in points, already 54 points out of the playoffs. What kind of, of tone does that set going into the rest of the season? Because I'm I'm looking at the moment at, at the, the teams that are out right now. Suarez, you know, McDowell can do well. Gibbs has been pretty good as a rookie for the most part. Almondinger with road courses. Jones can turn it on. Briscoe, we've seen him. Like, there are plenty of capable drivers that are either around or below him in points who could win. Eric Almarola won just a random race at New Hampshire last year. Mm-hmm. So, and you got Chase Elliott coming back, who I'm assuming is going to get the waiver. There's no reason to think he wouldn't. So, you have a team that already is probably a full race back or more of whoever they're going to have to fight for that final playoff spot. 
probably going to be a must-win team by, you know, if they don't win Talladega, honestly, because of how inconsistent they've been. And that's the message you send to them. To me, Bubba Wallace, and I've said this time and time again, when stuff is right, like it was from, you know, late summer up until about, honestly, Las Vegas last year, that he is one of the best driver, top 10 drivers in the Cup Series when that team is on. When he has the equipment under him, you look at Michigan, you know, you look at Kansas. I was there at Kansas. He beat some very capable mm-hmm. drivers for that win. But when he is at his lowest, I mean, when he's at his lowest like this, is he necessarily wrong that he should be replaced? Because he's more of a detriment to that team when his ma- mindset's in this place. And also, when, yeah. than when it's oh, not. Sorry. And also think about this, too. I was thinking about this as well. Because, like, not only are you giving the haters more feel when you're saying you need to be replaced, I mean, aren't the higher-ups watching, too? I mean, with uh, 2311 and Toyota, like, uh, I mean, look, Toyota, they have a lot of talent in the pipeline, okay? I'm pretty sure there are some guys looking at that 23 ride going, mm, I could really do good in that ride, you know, whenever it's available and stuff, too. Now, Bubba did sign an extension through, what is it, 2024? Let's I be believe. honest, Bubba Wallace still is a marketing machine. He, like, I don't think he's going to get rid of him unless he's still a mark. Hold on. He's still a marketing machine. I get it. You know, he's obviously going to keep bringing in all the sponsors and stuff. Definitely for sure. But again, at what, at some point, I mean, at some point, you know, the higher ups are going to ask like, okay, what have you done for me lately here? I mean, I know you're bringing in sponsorship, but what about the on-track performance? Look, Bubba Wallace is a cup series talent. There's no denying that he deserves a ride in the cup series. Okay. But where he ranks among the Cup Series drivers, I mean, that's up to you. I think, like I've said before, Bubba Wallace's ceiling is a Clint Boyer-type career where, you know, he'll win some races here and there, get some good finishes. But like you said, when when Bubba is down, he is down and out. He's a detriment to his team when he's down like this. Like, you've heard him over the radio when, how do you want us to fix the car? Like, no response. You gotta you gotta communicate with your guys that's, here. It's, it's now, damn near I'm not, sabotaging your your day, now, even if it's gone wrong. Someone in the chat said Bubba is Danica 2.0. I don't agree with that at all. We're not gonna start with that. I mean, he's won two races. Two two races is no slouch. Yeah, two races yeah. is no slouch, you know. And I, and Bubba has won two of their of uh 2311's four races. So he does have the most wins in team history. <laughs> I've been both like, I've, yeah. I've been at both of his wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? So you know, it's it, look. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying it's it's totally over for Bubba Wallace. But dude, you need to turn around quickly here, or it could spiral out of control. Danny, what what do you think on on the Bubba front? Because it's it it feels like this is just a, a constant cycle we go through. It's like does really well, has something go wrong, does really bad, gets down on himself. Everyone yeah, it's like it, it's like it gets it gets old real fast. It really does. But at the same time, it's like. You know, we know he's capable of doing better than this. So we're just waiting to see him eventually be better than this, basically. So I I don't know what I don't know what to say about Bubba really. I mean, I wish him nothing but the but the best and I wish he can get his, you know, mental mental game there right. But uh I know he's I know he's a good race car driver. And I think everyone does even even his haters have to admit when he's good at times. And uh, right now we're just not seeing the best of him, that's for sure. It just comes down to, I mean, I kind of echo everything you guys are saying, but it's, it's ultimately to be a professional athlete, you have to be mentally tough, like mental toughness, emotional resiliency. That is a skill that most of the best professional athletes are good at. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. They're very even and consistent and driven week in week out, day in, day out. 
And Bubba Wallace is not that way. And he's been showing us this for years. Off the top of my head, I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget. Off the top of my head, I can think of at least half a dozen small outbursts of his from really? wrecking yeah. Kyle Bush at Watkins Glen. Remember when uh, he right reared mm-hmm. Kyle Bush at the Glen? Splashed the water on Alex Bowman's face. Remember when he intentionally or he admitted to intentionally spinning out, I think at Texas? Like, why'd he do that? This is dumb. Uh, the thing last year with his crew, he blew up at his pit crew, stopped talking to his team at Nashville, forced the team to make a change. Uh, the Larson incident at Vegas. Here, I thought, you know, oh, it's been a couple of years since the Bowman water thing. It's yeah, been a yeah. few years since he spun Bush. Maybe and then he's getting better. And then boom, back to square one. And now this at Coda need to be replaced after what, again, we don't really think was necessarily a driver mistake. Uh, it you didn't know, look like it. Yeah. It's just, you know, if he doesn't have the men, like he's just, he has shown absolutely no improvement, no growth in the, what, four, five, six years he's been in cups, something like that. He's shown absolutely no improvement on the mental side. And I think that's going to stop him from being a champion. It might stop him from being a playoff driver, at least consistently. And that's a shame. What blows my mind. You have Michael Jordan right there, who is one of the toughest sports minds in, in all of sports. history. Yeah. What all did he go through in the NBA? I wonder. And I just thought about this too. Like, do you think Jordan's going to like that? I mean, this is his brand. He's attached to one of his guys. is like, Hey, like I need to be replaced here. It might sound harsh, but. Bubba Wallace's quote that he put out there, whether he meant it or it was heat of the moment or not, that is a loser quote. And that's how Michael Jordan's going to look at it. And you opened yourself up to more criticism like that. Look at, if you look back at Michael Jordan's career and how he treated those on his team, teammates, stuff like that, and maybe he's different as a car owner or as, I don't know how he is as an owner in the NBA, whatever, but he's ruthless Mm -hmm. and he doesn't, he, he doesn't, that stuff doesn't fly for Michael Jordan. And he's been at a lot of these races and seems to be, while not maybe as active as Denny Hamlin, still pretty active for a celebrity owner as someone who, from what it sounded like and looks like, really actually cares about NASCAR and racing in general. And I just, I don't know how that goes over on that side of it. Because if I'm Michael Jordan, why am I putting, it's kind of like you were saying a bit, Darian, why am I putting my money into somebody who is just not mentally tough enough to to take the lows because there's been plenty of lows that Michael Jordan had. I mean, look at some of his early years and the injuries he went through. It's not like that guy had an easy ride to being one of, or in my opinion, the greatest ever. Like, I so at my at what point do you know? I, I understand not hating. I'm just saying this is somebody objectively looking. At what point do all excuses kind of stop for people and it's like, well, okay, put up and not actually you know have these kind of reversions back. Well, yeah, that's what I've been saying for a while. I mean, I've covered Bubba Wallace since the very beginning of my channel back in 2018, right from the very beginning of his Cup Series career, right? And, you know, like you just said, Jerry, yeah, at at some point you have to put all hopes and dreams aside and just look at the facts. And right now, I mean, he's just, he's he's down and out right now. But really quick, I want to end the um, Bubba conversation on uh, this note as well. So obviously talking about mental health and stuff too, like I think... You know, like, and I can relate to Bubba Wallace in this, all right? I have mood swings, okay? You know, some days I'm, you know, some days are high, some days are low and stuff too. So I totally understand where he's coming from too. Now, granted, I'm not a Cup Series driver, so I can't imagine having mood swings and having to prepare week in, week out, you know, physically and mentally uh, to uh, to compete in the highest level of stock car racing in America, right? So I I have to I have to ask, you know, just. You know, he, he's, you know, he was, um, he was recently married, you know, like, do you stay off of social media just entirely, just leave it up to your team. And also who are some of the male role models in his life too? Because this is also something Bubba Wallace has been public about too, you know, and I'm going to go here. 
he's been he's he said this publicly so i think it's totally fair you know he does not have the greatest relationship with his dad even still to this day who is that mental who is that who is that mental or, or excuse me who is that male role model um in his life too now granted i know he's a grown man and stuff but you know having sort of a you know father figure here and there, i mean it, it can help us all out too so I would like to think that, look, lean on guys like Michael Jordan, lean on guys like Kurt Busch, lean on guys like Denny Hamlin to help you get through this tough time, too. Because, look, it, well, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe not him. <laughs> but you know what? Being honest. <laughs> it was, yeah, 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 you're right. It, but in conclusion, Bubba, it was just one weekend, okay? Dust yourself off, get back on the saddle, because that ride and your talents are capable of making the playoffs if you put a full season together. And he's got some just good one- tracks coming up. It's just one win. Well, actually, no, not even a full season, just a win. That's it. That's all it takes. It's just one win at Kansas or Talladega, and you're back in it. Okay. okay? That, I don't think it's this easy. It, it, winning's that easy, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But kind of moving uh, past this a little bit, I want to talk about something now. We, we talked about a bit of positive, went to a bit of negative. I want to go back to the positive really quick, or at least what's been perceived as positive. Uh, and it is. No stage cautions in this race or any race this weekend, at least not intentionally a stage caution, although it seemed like the Xfinity race they were trying to with mm. the, at the top of the hill. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I'll pass it to you again, Eric, since you were there. What was the difference in experience? What was it just like it was before with no stages, like pre-2017? How was the atmosphere more at the track? Because I know, at least from what I saw, people were going nuts about it. I don't know that anyone was like going nuts about it, but I think people in general were positive. It did get confusing. And I know even on TV, it was probably a little confusing at the end of stage one, how that was ending. But I know in person, I was lost. I had, I thought they had, I thought they were running a full lap when they crossed, they restarted, came back around. I was like, okay, I was even writing notes in my phone. Like that's the top 10. And then I looked on Twitter and I'm like, oh, wait, the restart was the end of the stage. So, you know, that's just chalked that up to, you know, not having the big screen right in front of me. Clearly it was, you know, some lack of information when you watch a race in person at a road course and you can't see all the way around. Fair enough. Um, but other than that, I liked it. It presented for more strategy. Again, this race was shaping up to be a great strategy finish between Reddick and Byron uh, and others. Uh, They're saving fuel. Um, who had saved enough? I Suarez was charging through the field. Had he saved enough fuel? I was loving how this race was ending. And it probably doesn't end quite that way or wouldn't have been shaping up for that kind of a finish if stage yellows were still a thing i'm glad that who won the stages byron i think won stage one and, and reddick, 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 stage, reddick two. stage two yep and those yep. are the two fastest drivers all day mm-hmm. they deserve the stage well wins. they didn't have to forfeit the stage wins to get a better restart position i'm glad so that in that respect i think no stage yellows worked flawlessly this first time look i've seen enough i've seen enough all it took for me was one race weekend i'm not exaggerating i've seen enough here this is not one of my hot takes um, now that I've seen it happen, you know, it's been proven officially that, you know, NASCAR can conduct stages without throwing out, you know, one of these BS stage, uh, uh, yellows here. So I don't want to, I, 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 I personally want them gone everywhere. The, the, the race flow all weekend was absolutely fantastic. It was great seeing straight up organic racing again. It felt like the good old days, it felt like the good old days of NASCAR growing up here too. It's just, Okay, like you call a caution when there's actually um, a need for a caution. So I am all for having every race not having uh, stage yellows, but I would assume the TV partners might feel otherwise. Really quick about that, Paul. I meant stage yellows, not not stages. Sorry. Oh, okay. um, 
I, I'll say this. I What I enjoyed about it was the fact that, it, honestly, like, before we went to, and we'll talk about this in a bit, before we went to Infinity uh, Green-White Checkers, it felt faster. It honestly was only a little bit faster, but that little bit made a difference. Uh, but what I liked about it is that, honestly, I thought it helped the Fox broadcast feel better because it felt like, they could actually get into a flow during it of what the strategies were and cover them. Uh, I'm not saying it was a perfect broadcast by any means. It wasn't like 2005 Fox, but it, I thought it, I honestly didn't mind it. They had issues. Yes, but it wasn't that bad. And I think the race flow itself helped with that. And, and what I liked about it is that there were drivers who did try and risk getting stage points at the detriment of their race. And until that first you know, that Keselowski caution, like, I believe one or two of them, like, it shuffled them back in the pack. And others who elected to give those up, they managed to get up through the pack. Um, and I think it also, what, what it helped with, too, is it, I think it did help with passing with them more spread out. So they they weren't having to keep getting bunched up and people get spun out for no reason, everything like that. So I personally would do this, if you can't do it everywhere, at least implement it in places that it's strategy heavy. I, I've said I've said this before. I'll say it again. Pocono, Michigan. If they bring back the brickyard, do it there. Uh, maybe some of the intermediates that that are strategy based. I personally, you know, I personally would love to have this everywhere, but I think this is a great start. A great start. And and I know that the NASCAR shill account in the chat's going to be really happy. <laughs> great choice, great. NASCAR. Everything's great, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, I like NAS- it. NASCAR show's got to be approving of everything. Yeah, that's my new favorite, like one of my new favorite Twitter accounts and just accounts in general. <laughs> no disrespect, I like it more than Jar Jar Binks. Oh, ooh, ooh. the disrespect, the damn. Not you had to call close. Jar Jar, damn. You had to go there. I love Jar Jar. I love Jar Jar, man. Come on. I like, I loved uh, the no stage yellows at the road course. I'd be okay with them at the super speedways as well, like no stage yellows there. Uh, intermediate tracks, though, I, I'm still fine with stage costumes i'll just be honest I, like, if they get rid of them that's fine if they don't i think that's can also I, fine. can i ask why though just person just why, why well, you well one you know i think i didn't watch i've watched some of the broadcast but i watched the youtube broadcast afterwards that didn't have any commercials so i don't know how the commercials felt if the commercials were maybe a little more intrusive or not I, if it's if this saves us at least one or, or i guess two full screen green flag commercial breaks a race i think that would make a pretty noticeable difference especially at certain racetracks um, but also like, I'll just be completely honest. There are times that like Pocono, I'd rather have a restart. I'm tired of, you know, eight seconds okay. between first and third. You know, I'd, I'd like a restart after 30, 40 laps. Like, I, yeah. Sue me. <laughs> I wouldn't See, mind it. it. I, with this, I feel like the car has been racing better though than the car that it's it true. was implemented with. That's why that's I fair. would love to see it Which give, is, be given a shot, like for but, that reason too. Yeah. I, that, that's why I'm 50, 50. If you'd asked me three or like three years ago with the high downforce package, I said, no, we need restarts. Like <laughs> we need restarts <laughs> with that car. Um, with the current car though. No, I'm 50, 50, but that's what I'm saying. I, I could take it or leave it at the intermediates. I'm okay. If they stay, they probably will stay at least for this year, but you know, if they want to try something new next year, I'm all for it. Yeah. Now I want, I want to save the end of the race for the end of what we talk about. So we're going to go, we're just going to keep jumping back and forth in time. It's like, you know, it, okay. it's a fun time travel movie here. Let's go over really quick. To the first of many penalties, one way or another, whether they're taken away or given, that we will see today. Oh, uh, good. And that is starting out with uh, Daniel Suarez versus 
Ross Chastain and Alex Bowman. So <laughs> after the race, and actually it's funny that you can actually see my reaction live because somebody sent me it right after it happened. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's just coming through the oh that's boom. <laughs> like doesn't I don't like that. Um so Daniel Suarez had a great day for the most part, running up front and before that caution with Brad Keselowski that we keep talking about, he was charging. Uh based on what they said in the broadcast, he was the only one of the top four that was for sure good on fuel. So he and he knew it. So he's gonna race those guys as hard as he could. Uh he gets spun out on one of the ensuing restarts. Uh forgive me, I don't know which one of the twenty it was. And then he ends up, I think, finishing twenty eighth, I think. I I, I believe. If, that if, if I wrote it down right. So he finishes twenty eighth instead of what should have been probably a third or fourth place finish. On the cooldown lap, charges his ass up the field. Nearly hits Austin Sindrick in one of the corners, and, and and you can see on the replay, all these drivers have their window nets down, are driving at a slow pace, very, mm-hmm. you know, just leisurely to the pits. Hits his teammate Ross Chastain out of the way, entering the pits, and then next to an official, nails Alex Bowman in the back. And for this, NASCAR is deemed that he will be uh, $50,000 lighter, but will not have any points taken away. Now, Jeff Gluck had pointed out that Ty Gibbs was fined $75,000 and 25 points last year for a similar incident at Texas. I think the the points uh, were owner points on the cup side. So I'm going to ask you guys this one, and I want to ask Danny this one, as he is the fan of the current points leader that was involved in this. Should Daniel Suarez have been penalized points instead of money because he just joked around about it on twitter and i'm wondering if he would have joked around about it what's what's so funny if it were 50 (laughs) points or 25 points or 10 points instead of 50 grand so i watched that clip back a bunch of times now and i'm still i guess it's because i can only see it from that pov of that i haven't seen from any other angle i don't know for sure if he what happened? Did he actually go hit Bowman or he get hit by Chastain and then that bumped him into Bowman? I couldn't tell. No, no, no. Oh, well, go ahead. You no, go, go, go for it. Oh, okay. So basically like he, he, he um, he ran into, uh, into, uh, yeah, Ross Chastain he, hit, first. he hit Chastain and that's I, why I, I think... thought that Chastain hit him. No, back. no, no, no. Then he so. went past Chastain and then went to Bowman. It was two separate, okay. two separate. So, yeah. so he was, he was basically telling Chastain, get out of the way. I'm going for him. Well, he was mad at Chastain too. So he's mad at Chastain. Okay. He was mad at Bowman first. And then yeah, Bowman yeah. pointed him to Chastain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now it makes a little more sense. Okay. Yes, he should have been uh, he should have been penalized because that was uh that was right in the busiest area of Pit Road. There were so many crew members. Um if, depending on where they're at, there's media people down there too. So all kinds of people were at risk at that point. And yeah, I think I think the, the penalty is fair in this case. Do you think points should they have added points or just the fifty thousand dollars? It didn't impact the race, so I say just the money. See, I agree actually with Danny. I think fifty thousand dollars is fine. I think if they wanted to go points, they could have, but you know, you mentioned that you mentioned Jared, um, the Ty Gibbs deal that was seventy five thousand dollars and twenty five owner points. That happened under green. That was Ty Gibbs swerving at Ty Dillon uh on pit road during the race. 
Um, Ty Gibbs last year got fined $15,000 for basically doing exactly what Daniel Suarez did this weekend. He bumped into Sam Mayer entering pit road after the Martinsville race had ended. And then of course they got out and fought, but that's not what the penalties for. They only <laughs> fined him $15,000 for that because, you know, Xfinity series, they scale down the penalties. They're always, or the fines are always lighter in Xfinity. So I think the $50,000 is consistent with what they gave Ty Gibbs last year. I think it's consistent with, like I said, what they gave Brad Keselowski in 2014 for running into people after the race. I think we could argue the penalty should be steeper. I, I think maybe they should at some point change the rule book to include a, a 10 to 25 point penalty for something like that. I, I would welcome that because it is, as you guys have all said, it's very dangerous to hit people on pit road when there's defenseless media crew officials standing around. Um, but considering how they penalized drivers in the past 10 years or so for this type of deal, I think what Suarez got was consistent. It's consistent, but I mean, look, I said in my hot take thing, I don't think it's enough, dude. Again, pit road is dangerous. These are not toys. You know, these are grown men. You know exactly what you're doing. Okay. And then also too, in the video, I mean, he hit Bowman at, at a, uh, a certain angle where he got a little loose there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, I, I mean, there was a crew guy who, who was, who was, um, who was, uh, close to, uh, all the action there too. So, I mean, look, you never know and... these kind of things though, man. I mean, look, I mean, I know some of y'all were laughing like, oh yeah, oh, Darian saying a, a one race suspension. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, they're not taking away any sort of points. So, I mean, what, just a $50,000 fine for putting some, um, some uh, people at risk? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like personally, we, we might be going down a slippery slope here. Maybe, maybe. We might be going down one here because I don't want, you know, it's just pit road is it's so dangerous enough as is. And then after the race, everybody's just relaxing, you know, adrenaline's coming down and stuff, you know, and then you have that afterwards. Like, I just, I don't know, that that type of stuff just rubs me in the wrong way. At this point, it's kind of, kind of sucks that the guy who's involved in this is Alex Bowman because you ask his fans, they're not sure what to say because their guy just got a hundred points back. Oh yeah. True that. But Look, if they're not going to take any way point, like if they're not going to take any points away, then I'm like, okay, so what? Just a, a fifty thousand dollar fine, a cash money fine here? Like, I mean, does that send enough of a message? I'm not sure, but only time will tell. That that's I think where where I'd be fine with with money if it sent the message. I just you see over and over again these drivers keep doing things that are pretty much uh, it's pretty much out of NASCAR's control. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at what what NASCAR in the last week has had, they had a really good really honestly i think race of the year caliber race go awry because the drivers couldn't control themselves they couldn't get control of the race then after that you had drivers on pit road doing that kind of stuff putting people in clear risk and then today we'll talk about it uh after the uh you know the first half of the show ends we, we they had a penalty taken away nascar has no control in how nascar runs nascar and yeah, it, it's yeah. it's clear at this point I think they need to send a message that they're the adults in the room. Like the drivers obviously have shown they cannot control each other. And I think this is just going to lead right into the end of the race talk. Uh, Yeah. But the drivers have shown they can't control themselves. They've, they've shown a mentality of, well, he did it. So I'll do it, which I, I don't know about you guys, but I stopped having that mentality and granted different than competition versus real life. I stopped having that mentality about, you know, what fourth grade, so, <laughs> like, at one point, does NASCAR step in? I, I it's, it's, a, it's going to get to the point where somebody is going to get hurt or worse before, Thank you. before something Thank happens. You. That's why I would say, I think, honestly, 
I think a 10-point penalty would hit a lot more than a $50,000 fine because it not only affects Daniel Suarez, it shows Suarez's actions affect everybody on his team. Everyone's at a detriment for his stupid decision-making. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. They just got to they gotta amend the rule book again. And right, it feels like NASCAR has been too vague with their rules concerning how many of their rulings have been overturned mm-hmm. by appeal in the last couple yep. of years. And just, so. and, just, and just to add more context, why I'm like, you know, really riled up about this, you know, it's because, you know, all, all I'll say is this, you know, 1990 Atlanta journal 500. That's all I'll say. They, they added pit road rules there after that race for a reason, just saying. So if you want to well, look up that up and see what happened, then, then go I, for it. I think the solution after this, if you're going to be reactive on top of the Suarez stuff is in general, no contact after the race. No in, no intentional contact. Like, and they have even if you're angry can... and stuff? Even if you're angry, too? I mean, okay. I mean yeah. Okay. Especially if you're angry, you should be able to control yeah. it. Yeah. And if you want to even say, hey, on the cool-down lap, you guys can hit on the backstretch of Martinsville, fine. But once mm-hmm. you are meant to go on pit road or there are people near nearby in a, a specific area, like th- there has to be a line that they put. Whether it's a line on the track, it's the commitment line. Yeah, of, yeah maybe you can you cannot have contact after the race past the yeah. commitment line of pit road. Like, if mm-hmm. you, I, it's stupid they have to say that. I, it's but you gotta tell these drivers like, well, hey, this is what's gonna happen. These drivers are so yeah. emotional. Daniel Suarez had like twenty five minutes between when the incident on track happened <laughs> and he decided to retaliate. He had twenty five minutes roughly out ballparking because he had a couple restarts and then the entire cool down lap, which takes five minutes. You know, he had all that time to cool off think with a level head and he still couldn't. So these drivers, again, and you're, you're right, Jared, this leads into our next conversation. The drivers need to be protected from themselves because they, they just, they can't be trusted. Well, they, according they to NASCAR, be trusted. but according to one of the higher ups in NASCAR, like, Oh, they're, they're all for it, but we'll, we'll get into that. Go no, ahead. according Go ahead. to NASCAR senior VP of competition, Elton yeah. Sawyer, I need to, I need to explicitly say that title for people to understand why I I'm personally, against this quote because if it was just joe schmo from like you know reddit or twitter or youtube saying it be like okay that's kind of dumb but whatever he said our dna for 74 plus years has been aggressive driving that's how they they talked about the end of the race i don't know about you but for me i i see a difference between aggressive driving and absurdity hey hey quick question quick question sunday hit absurdity like just just a quick question since when did being a dumbass constitute for aggressive (laughs) driving quick question I mean, you you can be both, but it's not mutually <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, but you know, like I don't know. That was a bad. That was a bad quote. It was a bad quote. In my well, opinion. I just think it's it's an incomplete quote because I don't disagree with that. Like NASCAR stock cars have fenders; they're not open wheel cars. You're allowed to beat and bang. Some of NASCAR's greatest moments from 30, 40 years ago included the bumper. You just don't see you know five wide funneling into a tight hairpin turn one very often. And you know these days when it does happen, it it goes bad. Indy Road Course, Coda this weekend. It's not good to watch. It's bad racing. It's bad sportsmanship. It's it something should be done. They're, everyone's thrown out their suggestion, maybe limiting going back from unlimited overtime attempts to just one overtime attempt. So at least you only get one shot to make a fool of yourself. Or do you go single file restarts? They did that at Coda just a couple of years ago in the rain because the drivers couldn't be trusted. Track prepping couldn't be trusted. So they went with single file restarts mid race. Uh, I, I do think that should be explored. Maybe all overtime restarts at road courses go to single file. It's a simple addition to the rule book. You could make that change mid season. I don't think anyone would be that upset. Um, 
I hate that we have to baby these drivers who are supposed to be world-class stock car racers. But when you have, you know, Ross Chastain flying in there multiple times, Denny Hamlin called out a bunch of drivers on his podcast, called out Kevin Harvick, called out Austin Cinder, called out Ross Chastain for, I think, yeah. one or two incidents. Uh, you, it just gets to the point where you're right, Jarrett. Drivers are making these over-aggressive moves because they feel like they have to or else they're going to get taken advantage of. That's the culture that some of these racetracks have cultivated. And I think NASCAR now has to step in and at least do something. They can't do just nothing. Because if if I don't think Elton Sawyer truly believes this, but if NASCAR does truly believe that the end of Sunday's race was good, they're crazy. But I don't think they believe that. I think they believe a little aggression is okay. I think they too wish the race had ended a little more cleanly. So I, I don't know. I, I hope they make some sort of change or they at least consider a change. I'd be curious to see if the fans or drivers would welcome single file restarts well, at road courses. Well, according to the poll too, I see, um, I mean, well, right now, I mean, it's early right now, but I mean, I'm all for one OT as well, chat. Yeah. I voted for one overtime. Cause I think that just makes the most sense. Look, because, yeah. You can't get it done the first time. Then you know what? We're done at this That's point. Fair. Yeah. And at this point too, I mean, like once you get into like the third overtime, you're just like, Oh, come on. Like, like, I don't think I've ever watched a race where I've watched like a third overtime uh, finish and go. Yeah. Like this is exciting. These, at that point, I'm just like, man, come on, let's get this. These over tracks with, are know? just way too big to be doing that. Yeah. If we're on, if we're at Bristol, sure. We, let's, let's have five overtimes even, but not on a road course. <laughs> oh God. I just, I, I personally, I think I'm going to go on the far old head range of and this from you. I know, I know, I know where you're going. I know I, you're it's going. a cultural problem in the sport. I mean, when you're when your champion last year, Joey Logano, was the poster boy for diving in five wide, knowing he's not going to make it at the Indy Road Course and crashing half yep. the damn field. Mm-hmm. At what point do again? What point? Do and Chastain finished second that year as well. well <laughs> the other poster boy, Chastain. From from what I, I saw, Denny Hamlin talking about this, like Chastain. Let, stopped was stopped on the track and then as soon as yellow waved sped yeah. off he finished what third fourth fourth i don't want to be fourth. a hater but chastain dove bomb twice into turn one on two of the late race restarts punted bowman and or yeah bowman Suarez, and trix out of the way and then yeah he did what she said he waited until the tow truck got there to pull away i don't know if that was on purpose but it was highly suspect they got the telemetry it's all i'm gonna say nascar mm-hmm. has access to all of this stuff and at at what point do you look at all of the the, the stuff that NASCAR has enabled because they are enablers in this and say mm-hmm. at what point do you say they want this kind of chaos? This is what they want. They're okay with it because we're talking about it. It's we're having these kind of talks all the time. Drivers are and there's really nothing being done. Whether it's road courses, whether it's aggression at super speedways, whether it's you know taking each other out at a short track, which you know a lot of times these things can be fine. I personally am on the side of, you know, if we have to have an overtime, make it one. Go the scheduled distance if these drivers can't be trusted to to take care of each other. Because they did. Early in the race, they went through there over and over again, even as it got later in the race, and didn't take each other out like this or dive bomb it. I just, I, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't see drivers 10, 15 years ago doing this as much. Even on these, oh, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And your point about NASCAR enabling is correct to the extent that you know the next gen car is tougher. You're not worried about a tire rub like you were a couple years ago. And then also the winning you're in, how valuable wins are now. Like in this, when you get to the playoffs, how valuable just points are in those final ten races. They have the format, the playground that the drivers play in now has enabled some of this culture, some of this bad attitude, if you will. 
Um, so I agree. I think, I think it is now NASCAR in their best interest to step in and, and rein in some of the monster that they've inadvertently created. And maybe it was on purpose. I, I think, you know, and we all said this on the show when NASCAR, uh, you know, announced the next gen and said, Hey, it's going to be carbon fiber. It's going to be this, that it's going to be a little tougher. I think we all are like, Hey, that sounds good on paper. We are tired of guys getting tire rubs, you know, on silly restarts 12 laps in this was an unintended consequence. I'm not sure NASCAR foresaw not even a word, um, five wide pile drive restarts at Coda with this new car, but lo and behold, it's an unintended consequence. Times change, rules should change as well, or sh- procedures sh- should change as well. So uh, I, I didn't see what the final poll results were, but if it's one overtime at road courses, if it's uh, if it's single file restarts, I would welcome either of those changes at, at specific tracks. Yeah, so one overtime, 50, yeah. Yeah, 50% said one overtime, 22% said single file. Again, these are just what people want the most. say leave it as is. And then uh, I'm in the vast minority of 12% saying go with the scheduled distance. I I would say also, you know, Ross Crash Dane also makes a good point in this super chat. Yeah, the problem is turn one. Like, think about the two tracks that we've seen this, you know, this problem present itself most glaringly. Indianapolis Road Course was not built for stock cars. It was built for open wheel cars. And Uh, Coda was also built for Formula One. Both of those tracks were never intended to be NASCAR tracks. That's Mm. where the problems have popped up. So it it is partially just we're on race courses now that allow these problems to, to persist. And what I'm worried about too is got still Indy road course to go. And the Chicago street course has at least two <laughs> of these corners. I'm just, yeah. I'm not saying that it's, it's, I'm not, I'm bringing it up as a valid point Yeah, because NASCAR is going to be on a huge stage in front of people who have never seen the sport before. And I'm sorry, but the end of that race and what that potential can be, is just going to reinforce every stereotype. These are idiots that just turn left, and when they get on anywhere else, they can't drive. And and these yeah. are and I I think we all understand and respect these are some of the best drivers in the world. But when you know guys like Kimi Raikkonen get out of the car and are like that was stupid. And, and Jensen Button, things. Jensen Button was like he didn't. Well, Jensen Button really didn't say it was stupid. Jensen Called Button it was silly. more like yeah, basically yeah. silly. Yeah, so, yeah. But for the most part, he had but, a uh, a phenomenal time. But I mean, when 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 we're spending all week, you know, cheering on these drivers from every other discipline coming in, and then they come in and they're like, yeah, okay, that, this is yeah. overboard. Like we can't ignore yeah. that either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So exactly because I want I, you exactly. Know, you know what I would love? Exactly. I would exactly <laughs> love this. It's in like five or six, seven, eight, whatever years it may be. I would love to go to a Coda race and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch Lewis Hamilton drive the 91 car today. Oh, but that'd I, be cool. But I don't think somebody like his, as somebody at his caliber or other people, if they see that, are going to be like, why the hell would I want to be in that? Why, I'll be, why would I do that? When I could run anywhere from 1st to 40th all day, and it won't matter well, if some idiot will take me out in a crash. doesn't yeah. help that, like, for Jensen Button, in his case, he his first trip to NASCAR, he's in Rick Weir equipment, so... Was it, yeah. was it was it was a storehouse S- prepared? SHRs well, helps. Yeah, oh, it, uh, yeah, I keep forgetting that. My bad. Yeah, well, so, well, yeah. storehouse racing—they're not too hot nowadays. Well, anyway, I, so. Jensen, <laughs> but that's true. It's not, not <laughs> huge. I, Eric Almarola was thirtieth, getting passed by everyone all day yesterday or Sunday. Hey, hey, I mean, and, re- and really quick, really quick. I am sorry to you, Blue Jimmy. Jimmy Johnson didn't even complete a lap, bro. That that hurt a lap. Okay, okay, so fill me in on that. I was obviously watching fishing, so I don't know what happened. The the two Um... Wyndham Rewards cars got into each other (laughs) (laughs) because Brad Kozlowski, I I believe it was him. uh, Like there's some cars got together having a mid off for thirtieth, and Kozlowski (laughs) spins across the track. And he had a bad day. Jimmy Johnson, he doesn't even finish well, a lap. Well, he doesn't even. Well, it was so, tight. Sorry, but but, but that's Dylan, on. Yes. 
Th- that's yeah. on them for even bringing that Pac-Man machine there anyway. So. Oh, man. But that just, that sucks, though, bro. You didn't even complete a single lap. I think that was a brand new sponsor they had on the car, too. I think. Yeah, because I, 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 I didn't sponsor, know. They're going to sponsor the races uh, for them, I think. Yeah. I didn't know they were still with RFK. I thought they just went over there. Well, yeah, they were, they were both RFK cars. Keselowski had a terrible day, by the way. I don't know how many incidents he was a part of, but such a hot start to this year. I was sad that Brad was just so bad. Um, and then Ty Dillon involved in that first lap one crash. That's five, yeah, yeah. five ah, finishes so this bad. year. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, around, you're sad for Brad. Well, yeah. The sadness is uh, washing out the Give Ty us some Dillon. more bars, Eric. Come on. Uh, uh, Ty Dillon, uh, five finishes. No, no, no. Of... <laughs> cringe. It's getting cringe. Stop, stop. Of 30th or worse. No, no. Hey, but I, I pointed out in my video where I today where I reviewed rookie season so far. And uh, yeah, Noah Gregson, as much as I, I gave him like a lower grade, he's still doing much better than Ty Dillon. So. Oh, well, yeah. and, and shout out to Noah Gregson, too. Here are some qualified parts of, well. during the race. Yeah, qualified well, ran yeah. inside the top 10 sometimes, you know, um, just not based off of strategy, just straight up speed. So Brad finished 14th. Potential. No, he did not. Brad did not no, finish 14th. No, I have him. He's I have him on the screen 14th in the standings. Oh, yeah. But I was going to say. Did, I mean, I can double check. I'll look up where he finished. You guys can move Brad, on. Brad just needs every race to be Atlanta Motor, Motor Speedway. So. <laughs> no, watch. He actually did finish 14th, and we're the idiots. Uh, Larson was 14th. That's what I thought. Okay, no, where's okay. Kes? I'm still scrolling. I am still scrolling. Oh, if you're still scrolling, that's not a to good thing. To the back, to the back. He finished 35th. <laughs> that's not 14th. 35th is the new yeah. 14th. Whoa. <laughs> Told you, having a mid-off for 30th. Well, well, oh, if, 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 if 30-something is a new 14th, I guess uh, lock up Cody Ware for the championship. Yeah, yeah, something like that. For the playoffs, right? Uh, but yeah. But I, I think that about covers where we are with that now. There's uh, one other part we'll talk about with the Cup weekend and the weekend overall, and then I, and then I don't even know what this is, but after after we get through that, Danny has an interesting stat for us with this. Oh. Uh, but looking at uh, the ratings for this past week, uh, we got a 1.81, so 17% off 2022, 3.129 million, 16% off last year. Now the... Uh, I, the hut levels, which I believe is like houses that have televisions. Yeah, yes. It's like, it stands for like homes using TV or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Is down 12% across America this year and, and, and this weekend. So not necessarily showing that, that it's good. Cause still even removing that it's still down like four or 5%. Um, but it, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to put on there. Um, so maybe not the end of the world necessarily. Maybe maybe another uh, showing that NASCAR needs to evolve in this next TV deal with Fox and NBC uh, in many ways. Uh, yeah. 585,000 were watching in the key demo. Uh, 19% of this year's crowd versus 20% last year, which was 751,000. So down about 160, 170,000 in the key demo alone. Uh, Xfinity was down 25% from last year, 815K to 1.07 million. And then trucks were only down 3%, uh, which is only like the difference of like 20,000 viewers. Uh, so, Danny, what's what's the interesting stack? Yeah. I'm genuinely curious. So, I ran all the numbers here. We had th- three point. Oh, can you keep that up? Oh. Uh, I, I thought you had the stereo. Hold on. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so so we had three point one twenty nine million viewers for the Cup race. Okay. Then we had uh eight hundred fifteen thousand for the Xfinity race. We had six hundred ninety seven thousand for the truck race. I calculated all that up. 
that's 4,641,000 views across all three of the races this weekend. Nielsen is where that data comes from, correct? Yes. Also reported by Nielsen, two days on Fox and FS1, the Bassmasters Classic combined for 4.5 million views right up there with NASCAR this weekend. And that's not counting their online views that they had. You could watch online stuff on Saturday and Sunday and Friday as well. Can we count the Saudi Arabian streams and NASCARs then? (laughs) Well, NASCAR's international audience definitely got a a boost this year from the drivers that were racing, but but we don't know what those numbers are. I'm I'm just now granted, this is their biggest fishing tournament of the year. It's like the Super Bowl. But still, that's 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 where NASCAR was this weekend on the same level as bass fishing. Damn, hey, damn, I didn't even know. Damn, I didn't even know they they would uh pull in those types of numbers. Wow, well, I should have expected it. That's a good stat. That's a yeah, good that's a good that's stat. Really that's good. a good stat. That's a I really good. I, I should have predicted. They, they, Bassmaster literally just released that like a few minutes ago, so I thought that was interesting. Oh well, thank you, thank you for sharing sharing that stat with us. That was I, very interesting. I, every way, week that we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Derek. I just want to say, by the way, just because people always ask in the chat, that does include all streaming. Um, yes. So mm-hmm. just I, I want to put that out there. So they're not disregarding YouTube TV, Fubo, XYZ, every, everything else. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as I know, those numbers are just from the Fox and FS1 stats. It's not going to come from the Bassmaster.com stuff. Okay. Well, where's it, Eric? Huh? Uh, I was just talking about the numbers because they've been down uh, like ten to fifteen percent basically since Chase Elliott went down. I think he's, I do think he's responsible for five to six percent of that. But yeah. even with Chase Elliott out, we're seeing significant decreases compared to the last few years that have been pretty flat, if not slightly up even. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think there are a number of factors why. Um, but I think more than anything, NASCAR just with this new with this new deal every week that goes by, I feel more and more like they just need to bite the bullet and go almost full on into the streaming side of things because that hut number going down. I mean, that's consistent year to year. And you look at a lot of other sports, you know, I think there's a lot of NCAA basketball games that still beat NASCAR this weekend. Mm -hmm. They were also down though, still year over year significantly. I, I just think in this country with so many different pieces of entertainment, grasp grabbing our attention, trying to get our attention. It's like, Football is like can't miss. Everyone's talking about football. Everyone's going to watch the Super Bowl. Everyone's going to watch the it's NFL playoffs. Sport that too. That too. Well, it dominates the headlines year round. Anyways, every sports show podcast still talking about football in mm-hmm. March, May. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they, they force them to talk about USFL. I just think so <laughs> many other American sports because you see baseball's ratings in America are very iffy lately. Yeah. Football classic like Japan. I saw a crazy stat. That's something like 96% of TVs in Japan were tuned into the mm-hmm. Japan versus either USA, Japan or a different game. Like that's insane, but that's Japan. NASCAR is not going to break into Japan anytime soon. So I just look at this and wonder if NASCAR should bite the bullet and commit to a streaming platform and hope that eventually gets the young audience that they need, because it's clear older audience is dying off. They're not currently getting the young eyeballs to replace them. I just think it's going to take something radical in the near future. They can't keep doing what they've always done. What they're doing right now and what they've done for the better part of 20 plus years is not good enough. They're going to have to change it dramatically. Well, then I, I think part of it too can, you know, you talked about Japan, how many were watching. Uh, when you look in person uh, during World ba- Baseball Classic, one of the things that I noticed was like, you look at like the Dominican Republic, like the Dominicans that were there, the Cubans that were there, like the, the baseball is hugely international. The yeah. At, but the atmosphere on top of that, 
There's an electric oh, yeah. atmosphere. I mean, they filled up Marlins Park. When the hell is that ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, 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 it's been a while, so, if not ever. I and I'm not saying this is a, this is something to to necessarily rip on on and say that that this is why NASCAR you know is having issues with this that or or whatever. I think this is more of saying as a way that maybe NASCAR needs to shift things up too. You know, maybe part of it is also just an American culture problem too. In the sense that we, it doesn't seem like outside of big international giant events or giant events in sports in general, we get that electric excitement from an event. That used to be the norm in NASCAR. I mean, when you go to races, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. How do you capture that feeling that it is at the race and I, get it on TV better? Because they seem to have it before with cr- like crowd noise, not crowd shots, crowd noise, like and and. Yeah, making it feel faster. Whereas, like a lot of these static camera shots, do not make the action they make, feel fast. Yeah, makes the so, cars seem a lot slower than they actually. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that add to it, but I think if building a culture of of showing one how cool it is to be at these races, two how fast and electric these races can be, I think, and, and not electric in that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, feel, I, I have to preface that now. I I feel like that's part of the solution because if not, you know, was it you said ninety six percent of people in Japan? There's something had it. crazy, yeah. And and you see these international like uh, people from all over the world coming to the World Baseball Classic. To me, that that proves a couple things. One, it proves baseball is not dead. I think that it just needs to be seen <laughs> in a different lens. And I think that's mm-hmm. maybe part of it with NASCAR. I mean, when you look at the F one, uh, how it how F one is viewed versus NASCAR, it's because it's brought something different. In, in a lot of ways to America with motorsports. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to make a drive to survive for yourself. It just means you have to show this in a better and different way than you have for now 25 years. The teams and, you, and drivers... If you do make a drive to survive, don't stick it on USA where no one will see it later. <laughs> During Thursday night football. <laughs> the teams and drivers just need to... There needs to be more content than what's on the racetrack. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I don't know why every driver under the age of 32... Uh, isn't on you know Twitch or Instagram Live once a week. Like I don't get why they wouldn't do that. I don't. F one drivers are F one exactly. teams, and 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 I don't know these F one uh, um, these uh these uh F one teams uh um uh content is pretty top well, notch on YouTube and it, Twitter. Everything. It can't just be like high quality content's great. Eric Almarola has been doing his YouTube channel for a couple of years now, and they put out some very high quality videos. But, but nobody's but, gonna watch Eric Almarola. Well, there's that. Well, there's a little bit of that, but it's more just NASCAR. <laughs> The stereotype is it's a billboard. It's super corporate, super capitalist. And I, I think younger people, I think people our age, our generation, you know, corporation, corporate stuff does not appeal to us whatsoever. Like F1 is able to sneak the corporate BS everywhere. They're able to still get away with it. But I think the drivers, I think the personalities come off as far more genuine. Anything NASCAR seems to produce, whether it's for their own YouTube channel, whether it's that show for USA Network, whether it's Racing Wives, whether it's whatever they're doing with you know, Alex Weaver and Mamba Smith, and I love them, they're great, but whatever they're putting out on their social channels just feels way too corporate. What they're putting out on their broadcast between tons of full screen commercials, between, hey, we're back from a commercial, but here's the Toyota on board. You know, it's all way too corporate. And I think 20 and 30 year olds just immediately tune that out and they dismiss the whole property. So I just think the teams and drivers do need to take the initiative. They need to create more content and platforms for themselves that feel more genuine, that speaks directly to their audience, makes that connection. It's not hidden but like I, I was on twitter today and i saw justin allgaier tweeted hey i'm gonna be in this racing space like answering questions about this stuff i'm like oh great oh it was all sponsored by xfinity it was xfinity putting out a tweet saying come meet <laughs> yeah, justin yeah, allgaier yeah. in the xfinity racing and i'm like no uh... no no you can you can plug the sponsors later 
get the audience, build that connection, and then put on an Xfinity hat. No one will notice. You know what I mean? Like it, it'll work. And so I just think there's, you could start there, just less corporate BS. I think the drivers and just the sport needs to come off as more genuine. It's, it's over, it's oversold right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can agree with what Eric said. I mean, it's been so long now at this point, so I don't care to say this. When, when I was uh, helping out with a little bit on the backseat drivers thing, like, like 2020, I mean, they, they had to step in, like, kind of tell me, Hey, you can't say this. You got to go tone it down on this. Yeah. They, they're very much like, keep it by the book and play by their rules a little bit. And it almost, and it comes out too, too, too corporate. I think that's why a lot of people tend to watch us because they appreciate that no one's, no one's holding something to our head to tell us what we, you know, can't, can't say something. Yeah. That good? Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Oh, kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, you good? No, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm joking. I'm like, okay, they're, okay. they're behind the camera, not holding it to my head. Oh, oh, oh my bad. My bad. <laughs> no. Hold on. I can't see that cue card. Can you uh, I, I was, yeah, yeah. turn it around? Here, here I was. Here I was just thinking <laughs> oh, your, your. Oh, I was supposed to say stage is working. See, I thought, I thought. I thought Riss was in the room for Quick, a second. I, 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 thought, I, thought she, I thought she had just brought you like pizza rolls or she's, something. She's yeah. an NASCAR plant, actually. <laughs> no, uh, but. But uh, I think I think the cue card now is to move on really quick. Darian, what what do we have next? I think that's next on the cue cards. And it's time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. But gosh, you didn't blow out your mic. Congratulations! Hey, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better with this. Let's well, go. I asked all you at home, what did you think of the 2023 Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix at Coda this year? And uh, 31% of you said this was a great race. 45% said it was good, meaning 76% of you really liked this race in a positive way. Wow. Uh, 15% said average, 5 below average, 4 said bad, so 9% net negative. Guys, the first comment was from somebody who I see in the chat right now, and I saw him celebrate on my post-race stream, so uh, I'm going to... I'm going to definitely feel happy reading this out for him. Uh, but is it a positive, negative, or meme from Isaac? Meme. Oh, Isaac. Mm, I'm going to say positive. I'm negative. Say positive. Ooh, Bad mood. Yes, split field. I like it. All yeah. right. Here's what we got. Okay. He says this. One word to describe the final 12 laps. Chaos. Oh. So meme. meme. I can't tell indeed. if he's mad or if he froze. <laughs> That's a meme indeed. Oh yeah. You don't need You're to on my me. list, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac, I saw that like right when you put it up on Sunday, so I appreciate mm. it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean if if he had known that Bowman was gonna come out the points later, he probably would have been positive because I'm pretty sure he's a Bowman fan. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at some of these um these comments because they're they're pretty good here so uh top voted one once again tank slapper taking up that mantle uh says props to nascar for listening to the fans this race felt natural without stage cautions let's uh, let's just hope that phantom debris yellows don't return (laughs) (laughs) i put out a funny tweet and i had to actually preface right away that i'm like no i didn't say the caution was unwarranted i'm just making a joke because i i've completely forgotten it's left my mind that it's been like seven years and there's been a whole new group of fans mm-hmm. who don't understand the inside jokes. they don't get it they don't get and it, i was yeah. i was i said what was it? i said um you see kids before stage yellows were a thing these were what stage yellows were debris cautions and people were like that caution was warranted I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's not what i said that's not what i meant that's not what we meant but yeah i, I agree no phantom yellows either 
Uh, mm-hmm. if, if that comes back, we might as well just keep the stage yellows at road courses if Phantom Debris Cautions come back. Uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric Hoffman says, I loved the cautionless stages. They rewarded good days without disrupting the race. The embarrassing late yellows soured the finish, but at least the most worthy car won. Yeah. Yeah, the best car won. Best car and driver won that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jam underscore plays underscore games says, definitely could have done without the triple overtime, but the race as a whole was nothing short of incredible. I'd agree with that personally. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I thought before the, the the insanity at the end, I thought that was going to be the race of the year because I, yeah. I enjoyed it that much. And it wasn't just because the yellows were out of the stages. I just had fun with it. Um, oh, there's Isaac's comment again. Uh, Denny Delivers. I haven't read his in a while, I don't think. Or oh. I probably read it last week. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but Denny Delivers puts, just as you think we have a fuel mileage road course race in stage racing era, society happens see that was disappointing because i was like oh this is coming down to a fuel mileage and they were like on the edge too because tyler reddick and william byron i think had to save one more lap of fuel and then kislowski yeah spun out and stuff well uh joey g says such an incredible race even despite the slew of late race yellows uh so I'm, i'm seeing a pretty uh you know like ross crash stain is kind of echoing the same thing a tale of two races the first seven eighths and the final one eighth I like I like that's a different way to split it up. Um, trying to go down is somebody's wanting to do burnouts outside of the the apartment. <laughs> if it ain't fire trucks and ambulances, it's some idiot doing a burnout. Uh, let's see. Well, welcome to Middle Tennessee. I don't mind it. It's better than hearing gunshots. Uh, no? <laughs> let's see. Uh, Log Drive says Bell and McDowell were robbed. Still a great race though. Still positive there. Mm-hmm. Uh, teen politics. That's an interesting name. It says Chris Busher from P thirty two to P eight. Uh, oh, that's right. He was involved in that first accident. Wow, mm-hmm. that's right. Good, good recovery. There, there were a lot more comments this week. Like usually, we get like you know, you know, a, a low week in the one eighties. Usually in the two mm-hmm. hundreds. Yeah, we got like three hundred fifty wow. this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I'm making sure I can read the last three. All right. I can. Uh, so, preface. This is not me. This is people that... Uh, this is society. He's in these the gutter comments. These are not his words. He's reading other people's words. Yeah, My so. name is Jared, and I do not approve this message. <laughs> I may or may not. No, yeah, I, I, mm. no I'm going to say not. <laughs> no. uh, so That's K- for you to decide. Retweets K- do not equal endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do hearted comments. How, how, how very industry of you, Eric. <laughs> uh, well, K Massey twenty four oh four says another just that corporate another potential great race ruined by late race cautions. What a mess! That's honestly not the worst I've read down. Oh, why did that get downvoted? Yeah, that's, that's not that's not that's a very base comment. NASCAR yeah. still has twenty accounts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Birdie D says bad like in big bold letters and then says great race before nascar overtime can we please say goodbye to overtime i'm sick of seeing the best drivers in stock car racing turn into a demolition derby at the end of every road course race that got downvoted too and then the reply is i 100 agree with you on that yeah why is it getting uh, wait, wow. these aren't even bad they're not even bad takes though this is wow nascar show must have 50 yeah accounts. yeah what's going on yo <laughs> and then the lowest one is from not this saying this race was dot 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 and then z's all the way across and then in bold dreaming of more ovals on the schedule 
That was the oh, lowest so he, voted one. He he doesn't he doesn't like yeah. road courses. Hey, road courses they're not for everybody, but you know most of us like them now. So. I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna read the the first response, but it is pretty funny. But uh, oh, so that okay. that'll that'll do for the, the poll this week. All right, all right, all right. So that'll do it for this edition of I the famous <laughs> of the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Yes, that was I a Matthew just, McConaughey reference. I was just thinking, saying that'll do, that'll do, pig, that'll do. <laughs> uh, the the other two races, uh, honestly, they, they didn't have as many. I don't think of the fireworks as, as well as except for Almondinger junk and Sheldon Yeah, Green. yeah. yeah what's what up with that, man? About. Come on so, now. My problem with that is that AJ Allmendinger has is the best on the road courses. Probably had the best car, or at least one of the best cars out there. And he still took his ass out. You, like, you didn't have to do that, bro. You were going to pass him. You were going to eventually impatient. pass him. But that's you know why what? Tyler Reddick, that's why I have Reddick as my best road course racer. There's hey, third. But you know what? Props to Creed here. Because you know what? When you um when you add more context into this, people were like, oh, Creed should totally get out and, and fight him. Even I was like, kind of like, yeah, maybe, maybe he should. But remember, RCR and colleague have a whole alliance together um sheldon um, um uh, sheldon creed did eventually uh battle back to finish inside the top 10 and after the race he was like hey yeah it's just um that was like um sort of my fault i mean Wait, well wasn't well, it last year wasn't it last year that austin hill did, did he punch myatt snyder i think it was no he punched myatt snyder yeah, yeah didn't, they, snyder. didn't they have an rcr agreement too he's flattened him oh just saying i mean he did oh, he sent him point. to the no. shadow realm like oh that's a good point. Oh, jared have we seen myatt snyder since then is he he, is he, he races part-time he races part-time for joe Gibbs. but jared okay okay you got yeah. me you never mind oh that's right I completely forgot about that. Well, anyways, look, Sheldon Creed is just extremely chill, usually anyways. So he was just like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It felt like the fans were, were, um, were, um, were, uh, were, um, um, were more angry about the incident than he was, I felt like. But uh, you know what? I, maybe he might give him a payback next time he races an exciting. It's just, it's just frustrating. because It is frustrating. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't, it's better I, than that. I don't figures. know for sure. I don't know for sure. I don't can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I feel like Creed, this isn't the first time he's been used up by someone. And I don't know. I just I just look at well, that and I think Almondinger's Almondinger's not a full time driver in this series. He's remember Kyle Larson. Remember Kyle Larson oh, last year. There you year. go. Yeah. So I, I just feel like at some point Sheldon Creed's got to stand up for himself a little bit more. And you know, Almondinger, you know, he's the best driver in that race, one of the best cars. He he was gonna win either way, but you know, it just looked like he just missed the corner and just took him out. I don't think Creed did anything wrong. But, so I, I just think Sheldon Creed, he's being upstaged by his teammate week in, week out. At some point, he's got to stand up for himself. He wasn't going to win this race, but he was going to finish top five, maybe top three. And that would have been huge for him. He needs those yeah. points. So I, I, I didn't even go start a fight, but he needs to he needs to do something or else he's going to just keep getting used up, I'm afraid. You know, it's you, yeah, fights. we love good. fights. But you know what I find funny about this? I believe one of Sheldon Creed's biggest mentors uh, coming through the ranks was Robbie Gordon of all drivers. So you would think <laughs> that he would you think that he would learn like, you know, some of the other extracurricular activities. But you know what? He seems to be a very chill driver. But uh, yeah, I agree, Eric. He should, uh, you know, should uh, start to defend himself a little bit more here, you know, because if you don't, we've seen it time and time again in this era of NASCAR. These drivers will use you up and not think twice about it. Oh, it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. But so. one other thing that I wanted to point out from this race, and I, I, we've talked bad before about this driver, and I feel like we might be overdoing it at this point, talking about no, how good the streak is going. But give him his flowers. Riley Herbst had another top 10. 
Yeah, is that every a, race this year? Every yeah, race a, a, he's a, he's not, this year. He's not sucking. Hey, like, no, I might have race, to... the Daytona 500, like cup, cup race, top 10, Xfinity races, top 10, top five. It's like even the end of last year. Good on him. Like, you know what? I might have to update. I might have to update my uh, whole um, Riley Herbst experience video, revisiting Riley Herbst because he's really doing good. He's, he's he doing is, great. He is second in the regular season standings currently there you in go. the Xfinity series. Hey, give him his props, man. Because uh, look, for years, you know, we we make fun of drivers here and there and stuff, some more than others, and he was one of them. But you know, he's doing good for real this time, though. You know, and 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 way better than Cole Custer. Cole Custer, to me, is the biggest disappointment in Xfinity so far this season. Um, in this very short season, but uh, Riley there, Herbst, man, there's still time. Give Cole some time. We'll give him some time, but right now, Riley Herbst is the man. He's the man Funny. over at SHR. Funny, that's probably what they said in S- SHR development meetings for the last three years. Hey, Jared, you're gonna love this. A six point seven average finish. Ooh, you get the reference. Ooh, yeah, 6. I like 7. that. Yes. I might need to get a tattoo of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on, one last race to kind of just uh, go over for a moment. Uh, Zane Smith, back-to-back winning. I believe the 38 has won in the truck race every every time at Coda, right? Two years in a row. Yeah, yeah uh, with Todd oh, Gilliland. First, and yeah. Todd Gilliland. Oh, yeah, we were there. Yeah. And then, yeah, two years in a row for Zane Smith. Yeah. I forgot about Todd Gilliland. Wow, to, that is wild. To quote Seth Rollins' fame song, burn it down that's what he did oh boy i don't think he meant to burn it down like that but hey it happened so <laughs> i i just hope they don't ban burnouts whenever they have the like the mud flaps on that would suck you know yeah um, yeah that would suck like i saw pe- suck. I, I saw some people talking about that and i'm like i get i get why 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 don't we just have a nascar official quickly go out there and be like yep they're the right size take them off oh. burn it down buddy and really quick, this is from Spencer in the chat. Locales of the week goes to Darian, Jared, and Danny for picking Alex Bowman for trucks. And Bowman ended up DNQing because of a flat tire and Hey, I always yep. pick the winner of the that Xfinity sucks. race. I picked three <laughs> of the six Xfinity races correct so far this well, year. Yeah, well, 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 hey, I did pick Bowman for the cup race. And I think he was the highest finisher of us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Zane Smith, though, he's leading the yeah. points as well. Just barely over time, Majeski quietly he's second in points mm-hmm. uh, in trucks right now. Um, and, but two um, wins in the first four races for Zane—that's so, very impressive. A very interesting weekend for Haley Deegan because she was running up front some um, during some parts of the race, but she ran into a lot of other drivers, like like three to be exact. I think I think she ran over three of them. But uh, I mean, this is becoming respect according to her. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, wait, this is becoming very talk- common, though. Yeah, but I'm, but I was just about to say that too, Jarrett. So like, you're, you've been public about truck series drivers racing with no respect all week. Take out yeah, this all- week leading up to it. That, that she was doing interviews this week leading up. Oh. That's where it came from. It didn't come out of nowhere. It didn't come from like oh. last year. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Well, I didn't even know that. Never mind. Then that makes it even worse. <laughs> that makes it even worse, man. So, oh goodness, oh my goodness, yeah, get it together. But she, where'd she finish? Thirteenth, I think so. She was she was yeah. top fifteen. Uh, yeah, decent, finish decent wise. finish, decent I mean, finish. But don't don't be running it, people over. At least she's someone. being aggressive yeah. though. It just needs it, yeah, it's, harness it in. <laughs> just need to be tamed. She needs to be tamed. No, sixteenth. Yeah. My bad. Oh, Raja well, was thirteenth. Good for him. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, not a bad run for him. But yeah, I okay. think after an extensive conversation, that pretty much covers the uh, Coda weekend. Good lord. Uh, I'm brain. I'm having a brain blast. <laughs> More like a lightning blast. And... <laughs> it's the 
Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. My voice cracked hella bad. Jarrett, what do we have on tap for tonight? That sounded like four different effects on your microphone (laughs) at the same time. Uh, Well, the first one is the F1 might actually go full NASCAR and start eliminating their practice sessions. Uh, Woohoo! Join the dark side! (laughs) I'm sure there'll be a lot of people happy about that. (laughs) Did you hear their their explanation was like, oh, it'll actually make the races more competitive because, you know, the good teams won't be able to... It's the same argument that I think didn't make sense during the pandemic, but it hasn't really... Dude! We saw what happened for the pandemic for NASCAR. Like, Kevin Harvick won nine races, and I think he won Like, dude, like, it's it's not gonna work but okay i think that that yeah that is true and a fair point f1 is speed running the 2005 to 2019 nascar script they really uh, are <laughs> another thing here the chicago street race has landed a second sponsor alongside mcdonald's will be blue shield and blue shield of illinois who will now have their own dedicated section of the course according to adam stern oh wow I can just uh, imagine be careful now. what section they they go to. I can already see the cl- cl- who's is that an NBC race? I guess that's an yeah, NBC, NBC race. NBC. It's the so I can always... It's the big shield blue one on the back stretch. Hey, Rutledge no, Wood, just... Rutledge Wood, get get ready, get ready for the comeback. Hi, I'm Rutledge Wood. I'm at Chicago Land Speedway, far away from the race happening. <laughs> I swear, if he does that in the broadcast, like I might break whatever TV I see it on. Oh, if he's actually that. at Chicago, he's like, "Oh, I'm at the wrong track. Screw you!" No, I don't know. I'm I, just I, waiting for them to make like a tasteless joke. Somebody gets in a wreck in the Blue Cross Blue Shield section. Oh, I hope he has good coverage. You know, it's gonna be something like that. <laughs> he has a broken uh, back or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be something tasteless. I was, but I was. Well, that was. Oh no, that's what I was thinking. It's gonna be Harvick. His back is already cratering under the weight of all that carry. Good Haas racing. If it is Denny, he'll be okay because he got the Shangrix shingles vaccine. <laughs> this is too many sponsor plugs. We got to move on. We got to move on. Too corporate. Well, too corporate. Go, I, go, go. We can move on to the last little bit of the lightning round here. Uh, now, for us hosts, this is due by next Wednesday. But by April 19th, you want to send in your top 75 NASCAR Cup Series drivers list. Send it to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com. We're getting all of them in right now. I'm just letting you know, some people are skewing the votes a little bit. I saw a 70th place Kyle Busch, a 12th place Ooh. Chase Elliott. Bill Elliott was in a top three of somebody's. So if you want to give what you think is the most accurate top 75 cup drivers list ever, send it again to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com. And we will start, I believe, let me double check, but I believe it is May 17th. We're going to start going over those, but it is due for you guys to send in april 19th so that we can uh well we can get the most accurate list from all of you at home so i see a lot of people out there uh well over 500 uh watching right now and just saying uh we could we could do with a ton more submissions if you'd like so bring it on in and uh oh i'll 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 see it after the show (laughs) yep Derek, can I add something to the lightning round really quick? Yeah, oh. you can. Go for it. I just happened to open Twitter. Somebody ta- I saw a bunch of people retweeting this. This is a post from Reddit. I haven't listened to today's episode of the Dale Jr. Download, but apparently uh, at some point in today's show, show, Dale Jr. says that he and Jimmy Johnson were planning on creating a Cup Series team before Johnson took ownership in Legacy Motor Club. So I'll have to go listen. We all should probably go listen to that, at least that oh, section of the podcast that's uh, afterwards crazy. to see, because that's pretty, that's wild to think that Junior Johnson Motorsports. Yeah, Junior Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a thing. That could have been a real thing. And here, Daryl Walsh are talking about Junior's team all over again. Yeah. Oh my god. Or, or, or Jimmy Earnhardt. We'll call it Jimmy Earnhardt. <laughs> uh, we could. That's call it, crazy. We could call it JJ. 
Yeah. Johnson Jr., Junior Johnson can be interchangeable. Johnson. There you go. All right, Darian, uh, what what would that be uh, for? Yes, and that'll do it for this edition of the Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. All right, we got a little bit more to talk about tonight. One thing is uh, having to do with a former associate of Jimmy Johnson, uh, and that would be – where's that? Where's that? Uh, that, well, points have been given back to Hendrick Motorsports, 100 of them. Uh, now, NASCAR – and this is with the Independent Appeals Panel – uh, the hundred points are given back to the four teams, but the suspensions for the crew chiefs, as well as the fines of a hundred thousand per team have been upheld. And the panel did say that Hendrick did break the rules, but still gave the points back. And I'm sure mm. we are all going to have, uh, opinions on this one. Uh, so Eric, I can see that your face already. I, I want to start us off. It's just tough. Cause we don't know what evidence how convincing the evidence Hendrick showed in, in court was. Um, but it is weird that like, if the evidence was strong enough that the panel felt, Hey, maybe you guys should get all your points back. Then why wasn't the whole penalty rescinded? You know what I mean? Like if, if Hendrick proved they were innocent, why is there any penalty? It, it's, it's like the panels playing both sides are like, well, yeah, Hendrick broke the rules, but like, because the infraction was found before qualifying before the race, all right, we'll go a little easier on you, but it's like, that's not written in the rule book. The rule book basically says if you illegally modified a part, NASCAR can dock you hundred points. So as far as I can tell that that much, we know, maybe there was a smoking gun in some email somewhere where it's like, Oh, here's where NASCAR actually told us that what we're doing is okay. Like there's all sorts of little loopholes that maybe Hendrick found, but it's just weird that only half the penalty granted the more important half in Hendrick's case, it's only, it's weird that only half the penalty got rescinded. And I think it sends a really convoluted message to the rest of the garage. Cause the whole point of this next gen and the strict penalties that came with it, NASCAR was trying to keep the big teams from spending crazy amounts of money on tiny little advantages. They basically said, don't touch the cars. Don't spend money. Don't touch the cars. If you do, you're getting a penalty. And the strict the strict penalties were supposed to reinforce that. But now that the appeals panel has shown everyone that if you find the right loophole, you can get away with it. I'm just afraid they've opened Pandora's box and the next gen's one of the next gen's key purposes is now out the window. So I get why NASCAR, their statement was they were very upset with mm-hmm. the with the results of this appeal. And I don't blame them. I, I it might have been the right call, but to what we talked about earlier, NASCAR's authority is very much in question right now, and that's not a good thing. Uh, I have the statement. Would you like me to read it? Uh, Sure, you can read the statement. All right, this statement is um, from NASCAR. We are pleased that the National Motorsports Appeals Panel agreed that Hendrick Motorsports violated the rule book. That's the third sentence. They were just like right away, like straight up, like, hey, we um, um, uh, totally agree with that part. Um, To continue, uh, however, uh, we are disappointed that the, uh, that the entirety of the penalty was not upheld. A points penalty is a strong deterrent, um, deterrent that is net or excuse me, excuse me, deterrent that is necessary to govern the garage following rule book violations. And we believe that it was an important part of the penalty in this case and moving forward. We will continue to inspect and officiate the NASCAR garage at the highest level. Um, at the highest level to ensure a fair um, to ensure a fair and and level playing field for our fans and the entire garage. But with this, um, with uh, Hendrick Motorsport getting the uh, getting the uh, um, all of their points back, uh, I think I think this means open season has officially started for um, a lot of these teams because 
I mean, like Eric just said, I mean, if you are able to find a certain loophole, I mean, as proven by Hendrick Motorsports, then you are able to get away with these certain things. But I don't know, like I, I've seen a lot of debates today and I'm not, I honestly, I'm not really sure where I stand on one hand. Yes. Like, you know, if you broke the rules, you deserve a penalty, but then on the other hand, like they didn't actually race the parts neither. But then there's the question that if they didn't get caught, you know, damn well, they would erase those parts. We know they would erase them if they, they, they intended on racing those parts, whether they yeah, wanted them to be, be out of spec or not. But they because, them. because of how it went down though, they did not, and but and attempted and I, murder I, still a crime. Yeah, yeah, still a crime. Still a crime. <laughs> Conspiracy. Okay, okay. No, no, but I'm just saying. I'm just okay, saying, but, but still but, a crime but, if you attempt it. Yeah. Okay, that's apples and oranges though. So, uh, <laughs> I, okay, I, so I, I'm. You, they attempt. They came there full well with the the intention of running it. Just because they got caught at a specific time before does I, not mean it should be less of a penalty. I'll I'll say this because and I said this already for Daniel Suarez's thing. I said he shouldn't have got the points penalty because what happened ultimately did not impact the result of that race. Now what happened at Phoenix? It was caught. It was taken away. The crew rightfully in trouble for that part. The drivers would not have been a part of that. I don't think it was right to take away their points, and that's that's where I stand on it. It's still a team sport though. The whole team gets the whole team is as strong as the weakest link, whether that's caught with a penalty or a pit miscue. I don't I don't see how the pit making a mistake on pit road uh, can you know not affect a race, but the crew in the garage putting in parts that wouldn't fit necessarily to NASCAR's then, rulebook then, wouldn't affect it. Then take it from the team points, but don't take it from the driver points. No, I, I'll, 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 I'll stand points. on that. That, that that's I, uh, no, no. I'm I'm gonna stand on on the other on the hill here and plant a flag down on this. It, it would money. And that's where we'll that's where we'll differ. Money is not gonna be a deterrent. Hendrick Motorsports can can afford this. It's gonna yeah, it sucks, but but the teams that can't afford this kind of fine, even if you don't take away points, are not gonna attempt the same stuff Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. Can. And that's what I'm. I've got a video going up tomorrow where I to bring up a little bit of favoritism. Is favoritism at play here? Because would we have seen this if any other team? I don't think. I I don't know if it's favoritism as much as as the fact that, like I said, Hendrick Motorsports with a monetary fine can get away with it. Uh, like look at Xfinity Series. Did JRM could get away with a monetary fine only, whereas a team, you know, like Josh Williams' team wouldn't be able to. There are teams that can and cannot push the box because of monetary fines, whereas points fines, in my opinion, level the playing field out. Everyone is hurt just as equally, whether you're racing to be in the top 30 in points, top 16, or a playoff spot from a points penalty. That's why I think points penalties are the biggest deterrent. Like, is Danny is your argument, Danny, that you don't think the team points are okay, just not the driver points, right? Right. I'm fine with the team getting the team points away for a team championship, but I think the drivers weren't at fault here. Yeah, I get that. For me, I I would say I I want both just because it's not as confusing. Like it's confusing. It was confusing last year when it was like, Like, oh, the 45 is in the championship. It makes sense in my it makes sense in my head, but you know, know, yeah. I know I, I get what you're saying. I don't, no, but I also I, agree with Jared. It's a team sport. The driver suffers when the pit crew messes up. I think they should also suffer when the crew makes, you know, the, the, you know, the, I mean, crew, the garage it, team. I'm not going to deny y'all know selfishly why I'm on this side. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but, but not. So um, quick question though. Uh, when do the penalties um, uh, get announced for uh, colleagues? I think Cup next series? their appeal is in a week. 
Okay, so that's on that Tuesday. Was, no, no, that, that's where the to. that's where the favoritism argument is going to come in. I want to see yeah. next week what happens. We're going to see. Yeah, yeah, I want to see next week. Like, what you know, what is their thing going to be? Will their argument be as well? Will NASCAR have now getting a second chance? Will they have a better defense? Uh, will um, uh, well, who's going to be on the appeals panel? Because it was our boy Bill Lester on the appeals panel this time around. Is I'm, he going to be there next week? I'm oh. very interested in general. Every time they do this, like, who's on the independent panel? It's yeah. like, wasn't an independent panel for one of them? Like, oh, wow, well, this person's connected to so-and-so and like this stuff. Like, Yeah, there's very, certainly maybe some questions. Yeah. I'm very yeah. interested because like, I, I do agree. It felt like they were totally politicking this one, trying to play both sides, being like, well, you know, you mm-hmm. maybe you compromise. And it's like, mm-hmm. no. That I, I just, I, I if, I'm, if I'm the person who should be most pissed off right here, right now, is Brad Keselowski. Because a <laughs> yes. year ago, a year ago, they got hit with the exact same penalty because they didn't have – NASCAR, there's a part shortage. They didn't have enough rear tail pieces, uh, so they tried to repair an existing one, put it on the car. The repairs maybe were slightly out of spec. Something was wrong. NASCAR did no. them, and Keselowski argued, "Hey, we didn't want to use that piece. We couldn't get another part, and you know it was repaired as blah blah blah." Penalty was upheld. They appealed it. Penalty was upheld, and yeah. so Brad Keselowski's one, no. not the exact same scenario because they did run that in a race. That that illegal piece did run in a race. But Brad Kazowski's one who I think is going to be the most is, pissed off right now. <laughs> is there even a rule about running? If there's not a rule about running it in a race, it should be the same penalty. That's what I think. That's kind of how, where I feel. That's why I think it's weird that they said, oh, you broke the rules, but we're going to go easy on you. Why? Because it didn't run in a race? That's the only reason I can think. Because if, no. if if they can paper trail it to say, oh, no, NASCAR, like NASCAR did communicate incorrectly, then just rescind the whole penalty. Why are we only rescinding you know, two-thirds of it? I, That's I will, the way I feel. I will say this. For Brad, he said at Atlanta, getting that penalty was probably the best thing that ever happened to him and his team, he said. But at the same time, it improved them. What's this going to do for Hendrick? They're going to think they can get away with it now. Well, if, I just think other big teams, I think Gibbs. Yeah, that's Stuart what Haas, I'm saying. Penske. Open season yeah. has officially Open started. Open season for the big, big teams. teams. Yeah, they're going to start teams. looking for those loopholes, those no. little loopholes. If you're a small team, before. if you're a small team, stay away from this well, because so then what? Gonna, what, hmm. what would the solution then be for the big teams if you if you're not going to do a points penalty? Do maybe you do a cost cap and then you get penalized in the cap? Like if you screw up, that would be a big deterrent. I would I would agree remember with the cost had, cap part. Remember we had I believe it was the testing penalties like hours mm-hmm. of testing getting taken away that was yeah. a huge oh, yeah. deterrent. So i do that yeah what I what it. what okay. is the efficient deterrent if we're not going to have points then uh, like i just I, it makes nascar look like it has egg on its face when every time they try and lay the hammer down except with brad kozlowski uh <laughs> it gets it gets turned back like look at yeah. jeremy clements last year and he just clements and, uh, I, a NASCAR man tweeted it out. It was Clements got his reversed. Crafton mm-hmm. uh, got a, DN, a, a DQ reversed. Um, obviously, behavioral stuff like William Byron's penalty got changed. That's the thing. With Colleague coming up, they have now a great shot at winning their appeal. Denny Hamlin, based on Byron last year, I think Hamlin wins his appeal. NASCAR is probably going to go 0 for should. 3 this week in appeals. <laughs> and that's not a good look for the sanctioning body. And I mean, they, they might win one of them. They might win two of them. But you know, I, they're going to at least go... They're at least they've at least lost one. I think they'll lose at least two. It's and that's also, not a good look. It's also not the best look today because look, you already got. I've seen the, a bunch of people saying in chat, "Oh, this was clear favoritism for Hendrick Motorsports." This and that. that. I mean, because yeah, it, it really isn't. I'm, I was just thinking that too today. I'm like, wow, because I, I mean, you watch racing and stuff, you know, to see you know who you know the best drivers are, the best teams are. So when fans hear a team has been caught cheating then they're like, okay, then they need to have a penalty, such and such. And and now that, you know, they got all their points back, 
now fans are asking, well, what's the freaking point of this, right? You know, and, and you know, all the whole, you know, the whole narratives of all playing favorites with Hendrick, you know, already a, you know, a, a top-notch team, you know, all of these negative narratives for NASCAR is just... Yeah, it sucks. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, they probably are going to go 0-3, Eric. You're right. <laughs> Not a good look. Not a good look. I, Daniel Suarez should appeal his penalty, too, just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> they might up to 100K. No, I, don't I think know. NASCAR <laughs> didn't give him points just because they knew it would get up. They wouldn't get up. <laughs> They're like, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that the, um, the, the, the appeal decision, the Hendrick decision, came down before the Suarez decision, which was shocking because originally the Suarez penalty report was going to be on yesterday's uh, report, oh. but they delayed it a day and it still came out later than the appeal that was heard this morning. Mm. <laughs> this morning, the Hendrick appeal was heard and they already reached a decision. So it does feel like NASCAR was waiting hey, before they announced hey, the Suarez Really quick, call. really quick. Uh, Lewis Lynn in the chat says, colleague has a great appeal uh, uh, blueprint. I think hey. a lot of these big teams have a great appeal blueprint. Can they just, you guys well, mean. <laughs> do you think Hendrick will share their notes? Will they be able to like copy, will a colleague be able to copy their notes or do you think hey, Hendrick's going to be like, oh no, so, we got hey, You got sure, to pay, blueprint. you got to sure, pay for that. <laughs> sure, you can copy just don't just make sure it's not obvious that you did <laughs> we would like to say that the number 24 i mean 31 car i was trying to find out if uh he gets his points back where would he be but he's not even on the list for the uh standings on the nascar app so i can't no, nascar nascar's like man we're not updating them today <laughs> they, they, they've got connor daly 40th of one point and they don't even show justin haley but uh, from What's what I can right? understand, uh, Alex Bowman is now the points leader, uh, 15 points ahead of Ross Chastain, hey, correct? But, 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 but side note, uh, yes, that's correct, 15 points ahead. But side note for him, you know, that's that's still cool uh, to see him getting uh, rewarded for such a consistent season he's had so far this yeah. year. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, just tell tell his team to stay out of trouble, man. And then, yeah, yeah, because if you do it again, oh, oh, if they well, do something like this again, oh, I don't know. Well, man. you know, you talked about Haley being so far off the the you know points that he's not even on the app somebody who's even oh. more in the negative than justin haley is motorsport games we'll go, <laughs> what we'll, a segue we'll go real quick we'll go real quick into this one you, so, you won't be able to race as justin haley in a game anytime yeah soon. you won't <laughs> so uh there were a couple things that came out the biggest one being that shocker nascar and indycar's games have been delayed again uh and, i don't see him coming at all and no, the, the, the no. thing is, is that and I, I didn't finish writing it because uh, they didn't even finish uh, any stages really of the game other than basically just a little bit of development. The design never, stage. The design still stage in the design was, stage. Yeah. Uh, the design stage was unfinished. Uh, they said they aimed for a September release in their shareholders call. But uh, we also found out this week they reported a net loss of $35.9 million. So, yes, there is somebody more in the negative than Justin Haley at this point. Meanwhile, Dmitry Kozgrov uh, keeps giving himself all of these raises and yeah, keeps firing was, people. Published, uh, so and so somewhere, so, somewhere there is someone who was with seven oh four games who's just laughing watching all this right now. No, no, no. I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you who's laughing. Um, Dmitry Kozgrov because he fooled not only NASCAR but IndyCar into signing exclusive licenship like deals. Three others too. Yeah, there's like, like no BTC. Le Mans. I think did. Oh, um, um, there's I touring cars. The, yeah, British touring cars. Yeah, so that's three. And uh, yeah, Le Mans, I believe. Yeah, four. There, wow. There's like one or two others, too. You know, like, you know what's funny? We keep talking about, you know, ratings declines and this and that. You know, one of the reasons why why racing isn't appealing to a broader, younger audience 
Yeah, no video games. You don't have any decent video games at the moment besides Formula One, which has its flaws. I have Thunder but... 04. <sighs> but when did that come out, Jarrett? When did that come out? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> actually, 20 years ago. It, okay, in 2023, a person shouldn't have to go to eBay and buy a PlayStation 2 just to enjoy a NASCAR video game. Or I mean, go on on uh, you know PS2 emulator and enjoy it too. I mean, I got an Xbox. No, that is a that is a great point. The most frustrating part of all of this, and I'm not I don't even really play video games that much anymore, but I think I can speak for all four of us here when part of what got us into NASCAR were those EA sports. Yeah, yeah. no, that that's was how like, we learned the drivers, like, yeah. the teams, the tracks. Uh, and as fun as iRacing is, a kid shouldn't have not to accessible. Think, a kid shouldn't have to worry about an expensive computer and yeah. sim racing setup See, just to enjoy a game. It's, exactly. It's not as accessible. Everyone's got a, a PS4 or maybe a PS5 or whatever the new Xbox. And like most everyone who likes video games has one of those. And they can't play a functioning modern NASCAR video game. And they haven't been for a couple of years now. They won't for at least a couple more. It's a shame that, that, that motorsport games has the license. I don't know how NASCAR gets out of it. You know, motorsport games, they're under the motorsport umbrella. That's a big brand. At what point, how do, can, do they become accountable at some point? Like how is this I dumpster so. fire well, still so. churning? Here's the problem. <laughs> Uh, so this contract goes through 2029, and I pointed this out yeah. in my video Yeah, yesterday. why did they sign it so long? Well, so it was originally like it was 704. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. originally uh, 704, oh, oh. and then Motorsport Games. So I got grandfathered that. in, basically. Yes, and here's the problem with that contract, on top of it just being a dumb contract from the start. Uh, so I believe it was the, what do you, what, what's it, the RTA had negotiated that it had to be a yearly game release. Well, yeah. What they've been doing, or what they did last year, is they released NASCAR Rivals, and many were like, "Oh, a new Switch game." No, it's actually a There's reskinned a Heat Five, yeah. and they released it as a new fully priced game. And yep. so you're gonna—I mean, they, they can—they well, can do this, this was, for ten years. This was like EA Sports back in uh, '09. They technically made a NASCAR game that final year. It was that cart uh, thing on the Wii? Yeah, I mean, and so <laughs> it, it's crazy to me because when. Ever the next NASCAR game gets made that's not from them, because I guarantee you, even if they, the contract runs through, which I don't think it will, because I know I, I have heard some rumors that NASCAR wants to get out, but it's all, only been rumors. It's only, that's all I've heard. Whether it's yeah, it's... I'm going to be 32 when the next NASCAR game not made by Motorsport Games comes out. The last time a universally loved NASCAR game came out was 2006. I was eight or no, nine. <laughs> Nice. I will say inside line. Did anybody hate inside line? I no, I love. I mean, I love it. I, I, I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it's, it. Maybe even that was ten years ago. But I mean, it's not. It's yeah. not to the level of you know the NASCAR Thunder and you know NASCAR yeah. 2005 Chase for a Cup. Just a totally different but, beast. You know. My, my point is, if you had told me at eight years old, hey, you're going to be in your early 30s before you even have a chance at a game this good again. I don't. I don't think as a kid I could comprehend it. But even now, if I was told, yeah, it's going to be like you know. 20 years or so before we have a, a good game possibly uh, yeah well yeah it, it's sad and it, what it's done is it's made this huge void where there there's a huge void of kids and fans in general who are not going to go on iRacing because it is much further along in in gaming sim whatever you want to call it and now you have just a lost generation of racing fans and what game are, are is the most successful they're going to go to formula F1. one yep. formula yep. one all the yep. all the arguments I've heard amongst NASCAR fans for years, you know, about like you know the console side of things is oh just just download either iRacing or or NR two thousand three, but buy oh, buy the game to help them fund the yeah, next one. 
that that was a that was the that third yeah. one yeah obviously great idea right but if, my argument to that oh go ahead Dan. go ahead i was gonna say if, if you want to support a somewhat decent console game for that's racing related um i know they only made one buy the srx game it was pretty good by the uh world outlaws game world, world outlaws. outlaws i've heard yeah. good reviews on it it's made a combination of uh was it monster and iRacing made that yeah. Yeah. and that that's a solid company and 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 they they're showing that they're capable of producing a good product from those platforms so all, all i'm thinking is this meme i saw on uh on twitter about motorsport games and it's dale jr like this and it says do Basically. i have to buy this too so <laughs> So the point I was trying to, uh, the point I was making is, is that look, NR two thousand three and stuff. I I have it downloaded on my PC. I love it. I have it modded to a T. It looks fantastic. It took me about um, a few years though to fully understand it. You know all the features and stuff like that. So you know when you're just a little kid growing up, I mean. Not everyone is um, is uh, gonna have a a PC to play iRacing to play NR two thousand three. You know that that happens. You know years down the road. I, in my opinion, it it did for me. But I mean, as far as the console side of things, that's the easiest way into the younger generation. Just picking up a controller, turning on the PS four, PS five, or in my case, the PS two and the PS three back in the good old days. And, you know, just playing the game online nonstop for hours and hours, man. And and now, yeah, we're being voided of all these fans because there just isn't a video game out, too. And and really quick shout out to IDK player who sniffed through the bullshit right from the very beginning, by the way. Uh, I'd say out of me, Jared, and IDK, I was the most optimistic. I was still a realist, but I was the most optimistic about it. Shocker, but I was IDK, pessimistic from the start. <laughs> yeah, but IDK was like, was like, no, no, no. Like, like, you guys don't understand. Like, I'm seeing a pattern here. And also, shout out to Michael Maruts, too. Like, shout out to those guys for, for keeping the, um, the whole NASCAR video um, video gaming side of things alive. Because they're resorted now, at least Michael um, Michael Maruts is, he's resorted to, um, um, to playing a modded version of NASCAR Heat 5 sometimes. And what little online capability they have now and he plays nr 2003 so he's basically playing the old games but unfortunately doesn't have any new options and won't for the foreseeable future very sad i'll end off on this one we end up getting a good game because one day i feel like i hope fingers crossed we do I, I can't say i feel like we'll but if we do the release day will be legendary mm-hmm. so. and uh one final thing too dimitri kozgroff for uh for prison please thank you oh my god I don't know about that just yet. I so, want to make sure we get concrete stuff in. What, oh, all right, sorry, one, sorry, sorry, sorry. One, sorry. one last, right. one last thing. For, forget that part. But I will say, I'm looking forward. I've seen some some guys who were part of the pro league starting to hint that they want to come out and talk mm-hmm. about it. And oh. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say about that because I can't wait. I think a lot of us noticed that it was very red flaggish when so much was being put in to trying to make some kind of e- some kind of esports thing. When they should have been putting that money into the game. Yeah. Hey, again, some of y'all were saying, some of y'all were saying, oh, just invest money into the game. Uh, They'll put it into it. Net loss of nearly 36 million. Yeah, they sure put it into something. All right. And and once that, once that new game come out, all those uh, Heat Pro League guys, they realize how, how much they were screwed over, basically. 
Yep, and I cannot wait to hear what guys like Sloppy Joe have to say. So just be on the lookout. <laughs> well, going on to the weekend ahead, let's look at the, let's look at the let's go back to the real life racing here. All right, for real. We racing. got we got two different locations for racing. We got Richmond and Texas this weekend. So we got Richmond for the top two series, and we got Texas uh, for the truck series. Uh, so what we got here is a Toyota. Owner I think th- they, think you said Texas wrong. What you said Texas mm-hmm. wrong. Don't you dare take the name of Texas in vain. Oh, Texas. 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 <laughs> I was like, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, oh, wait, that's right. Hey, yeah. hey, this is Texas Motor Speedway's best weekend of the year. IndyCar will put on a decent show. Yeah. And the trucks are probably the best NASCAR series at the track right <laughs> so, now. So hold on. Okay. Give Texas this one weekend, damn it. Please. <laughs> will you be at the Please. will you be at the races uh, this weekend, Eric? At Hell Texas? no. <laughs> <laughs> You you already went to the good Texas he, track. He was hyping up. He was hyping up Texas. I'm like, well, what about you? Will you, you be there? Hell mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Texas oh is a big God. state. That's a four hour drive. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You're in Houston, great city <laughs> of Houston. Well, uh, let's 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 look at the Cup race real quick. Let's look at the Richmond side of the deal first. So the Cup race on Sunday is the Toyota Owners 400. It's uh, shockingly 400 laps. Uh, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and MRN. Currently, the forecast is 61 and sunny with a 5% chance of rain. Is that the is that the first race on FS1? Yes, it is. Yes, wow. sir. Not Big Fox. Okay. Uh, the defending winner, Denny Hamlin. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the day before, Toyota Care 250, also 250 laps, will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and MRN. Uh and on Saturday, well, not the greatest forecast. 77 thunderstorms and about 80, 78, 80% chance. So maybe we'll see a doubleheader on Sunday. Uh, defending winner of that one, Ty Gibbs, though John Hunter Nemechek uh, may, may say that he wished the race ended in turn three. <laughs> uh, and then for the truck race, we got the speedycash.com 250, 167 laps at the Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, on Saturday, it's going to be uh, 78 and partly sunny, 1% chance of rain for that one, so looking pretty good. And then I uh, neglected to put on here what time it starts at, but I will... 3.30. 4, 4.30 Eastern time, so 3.30, 4:30 Eastern, yes. Time. My bad, yes. Uh, so there is that to look forward to. Stuart Friesen is your defending winner of that race. Darian, though, I want to I hear who you got for us to win cash with. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's time for the famous betting odds. Darian's famous betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Um, the betting odds this weekend are very close, but also, too, like they're not as big as they usually are. This weekend, William Byron um, enters this weekend as the odds-on favorite at plus 450. Plus 450. Like, wow. Okay, so they're pretty sure on William Byron. Then right behind him is Kevin Harvick at plus 550. Kyle Larson at plus 650. Um, Christopher Bell at plus 750. We um we love the 70 uh 750 package more than the 550 package, just for the record. And finally, uh Denny Hamlin um enters this weekend at plus 900. Now for the best of the rest, um Martin Trex Jr. at plus a thousand, Kyle Bush at plus twelve hundred, um Ryan Blaney at plus sixteen hundred, as well as Joey Logano and Tyler Reddick last week's winner at plus eighteen hundred. And as for the underdogs portion. Uh, Brad Keselowski plus 2,500, Daniel Suarez plus 3,500, Chase Briscoe plus 5,000, um, Ty Gibbs plus 8,000, and finally, my personal favorite, Eric Jones at plus 10,000. So maybe bet uh, Eric Jones for a top 10, sure to make some bank this weekend. 
And uh, yes, who are we sir. looking at in the fantasy league? Who's, le- oh, who's, who's oh, the top five oh, of both those? I'm, I'm loving this. This is going to be my favorite segment all season. Hey, forget the pick points, y'all. I'm the basement boy. I'm the top dog here. I'm one <laughs> of the top dogs in the fantasy league, baby. So let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Mm-hmm, my personal favorite. Oh, here we go. In P1, in the uh, main NASCAR weekly podcast, Fantasy League, with just a little over 12 I, I didn't hear points. that. You blew the mic out. Who? Claudia. I blew the mic? Yeah, yeah. you did. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I got too excited. Okay. In P1, with just a little over 1,200 points, is Danny B. White. P1. P1. AKA, AKA my wife. Yeah, congrats, congrats. In uh, P2 is uh, is uh, Recky Spinhouse. And in P3 is Black Flags Matter, a.k.a. me. Top three. Let's go. We're off to a consistent start. And then in fourth is S the Baby 09. And rounding out the top five is 48 Nation. Now moving on to the NWP Fantasy League 2. Yes, that's right. We have two different fantasy leagues running this year. Um, In P1 is my favorite name thus far. Oh, no, we suck again. Blaney's Pit Crew. Uh, In P2, Black Flags Matter. Oh, man, we're off to a, a blazing star in both leagues. P3, Girly Man 05. Uh, excuse me, it's man. Uh, P4 is <laughs> Race Roar 48. And rounding out the top five is Ryan Fernandez. So off to a blazing start in the uh, NWP Fantasy Leagues. There are some open spots, by the way, because some of y'all chose not to play in a single race this year. So there are open spots for NWP Fantasy Leagues 1 and 2. Now, moving on to my horse segment. <laughs> oh, and that is the pick points. Now, I think last week I put 130 for Eric uh, on accident, but that is the total he actually has this week. Uh, 25 over the chat, 32 over me. Danny minus 40, and Darian now is minus 46. On I'm, a little, I'm, a, I'm a little further from Basement Boy. Oh, yeah. that's so ugly, man. Um, hey, l- hey, let's go back to the fantasy league. So I'm P2. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but there's no changes amongst the top five other than the fact that, uh, well, Eric's amazing start has kept going. I actually, let me see if I can find it really quick. I put together, like, the uh, averages, stats, everything like that. I don't know if I still have it on me. Okay, Eric, quick showing off. Oh, but damn, Eric. Eric's, Eric's, Eric never flexes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it Just, was, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I have it on me, but I think Eric has like a five average finish in cup at this point. Damn. Like it, it's actually kind of crazy. Like Eric's automatic, bro. Do you do like some extra research and stuff before Eric or you got a system? <clears throat> I will plug my um, new short slash TikTok series, Fast Forecast. I've been doing those this year. And yes, my <laughs> average finish on the year is 4.6 for cups. I've been on fire. And don't mind me. I did pick up uh, my trophy a few months early because I think we can just write this one off. Uh, I picked this up and I think uh, I think we all know who this trophy is going home with at the end of the year. Plus 25. Hey, Already? Hey, hey, Eric, Eric, don't get cocky now. Come on now. Let's yeah, relax. Did, let's relax. You got your big lead. Last year? Hey, let's relax now. It it's not going to happen two years in a row. It's you not happening. Three years since I beat three you the first year. We're, we're, we're not Denny Hamlin in it this year. This year, we are coming home victory. But, but you, you've, been, trophy. you've been Denny Hamlin the past two years, though. It's that's not happening. It, that's it's a not fact. happening this year. That's it's not happening. Come and take it, chat. I feel like I found this in an antique store this weekend. I feel like Denny Hamlin said that for years. I'm not going to do it again this year. Not this year. No, we'll just do it a different way. Yeah, I bet bet Mark Martin thought he was winning a championship. Look what happened. 
I found this in a in an antique store this weekend. I don't even know. I don't know what it's from, but it looked really. I'm cool. about to ask. So, I'm like, where'd you yeah. get that from? Bro? I just thought it was really, really wacky, you know. But hey, but uh, yeah. hey, Eric, stay humble now. Stay humble now. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna humble our way into a clean sweep <laughs> here this weekend. That's how. But I'm feeling. Okay. What do you got? What you got? Uh, where the where'd my notes go? Okay. <laughs> I don't even got them ready. Rucks. I'm gonna go Zane Smith. I'm gonna go the safest bet. He's going to go three for five, just like Zane Smith did in Xfinity. I'm not going to go Zane Smith on this. I might regret it. Uh, but I'm going to go, actually, uh, with Christian Eckes. I think he'll be pretty strong. Wherever it goes, I go, too, because I have Zane Smith. That Eckes is a good pick, though. I do. Li- I almost went with him. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had this penciled in on that last Saturday. Zane Smith, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. And uh, looking at the chat right now, so basically, Jared's just going to come down to the basement with us. <laughs> or I'm going to pass the chat uh, one way or another. Hopefully. 98, is that a, is that a Ty Majeski this it, year? So Majeski, I don't know about you guys. I'm seeing a couple Zane Smiths, but I've seen a lot of Majeskis. Mm. I've seen a lot of 38 and 98. I, I see a, a few 99s. Well, no, all right, not anymore. I not think anymore. Zane's <laughs> starting to pull ahead now, but it, it is close. I, I would... I, I think, Z- I think Zane's pulling away. Well... Do a poll, 38-98. All right. Yeah, might as well. Well, it's up right now. And then uh, we're going straight to Xfinity. Who is winning at Richmond? Uh, I think Joe Gibbs Racing was super strong at Phoenix. Richmond is probably the closest track to Phoenix that we've been to so far. So I'm going with a JGR driver, the young gun, Sammy Smith. Different Smith, Zane, and then Sammy. No relation. There's too many Smiths. Chandler, yeah. gotta get rid of some of these. <laughs> Don't get rid of them. That's, that's, execute that's them. But that's, uh, that's not a bad pick. Sammy Smith has been really impressive. And he won Phoenix. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I am gonna stick with that mindset because I am going with John Hunter Nemechek. I think he's I'm, gonna redeem himself. I'm going with a guy who's had some really good finishes here in the past. Even got a win here back a few years ago. I'm going to Cole Custer to have a good weekend. He's going to get the win. Okay. Uh, I'll be going with uh, Jared's pick as well, John Henry Nemechek. It's the redemption weekend uh, for uh, what happened to him last year. And a uh, really quick shout-out to uh, to uh, Derek Krause making his Xfinity Series debut. A very interesting uh, very interesting uh, start this weekend. So we'll see how he does. I'm very intrigued to see. Now, um, he'll do. people might think I ended the poll early, but it was pretty clear that Zane Smith was going to Yeah, win. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think it's pretty clear that it's either the 7 or the 20. It's the 20. I, There's, I think it's the 20. It's been the 20. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure? A lot of 7s just came in, but Shugs voted for the 20, so I think we got to go well, 20. And I, if you look above that 7, it was all 20s. Okay, I'm saying more 20s now. Okay, yeah. all right. 20 it is. 20 it is. So right. who's going to suck in the cup race? Uh, again, I'm kind of basing some of these picks off Phoenix. Maybe I'm putting too much stock in that race, but it's a short oval, kind of like Richmond, a lot like Richmond. Well, anyway, both short ovals. Uh, Logano, Penske, they struggled uh, surprisingly. So I'm going to go Joey. Bold. I, 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 I think he'll just run like 13. You know, I'm going to play it safe and go with Ryan Priest because uh, he can't <laughs> catch break. I don't want to say I'm necessarily – uh, going for low-hanging fruit here, but, I mean, he, he's done fairly well so far this year, so I'm actually going to say Corey LaJoy to not do good this weekend. Hey, I'm going to play it safe just like Jared. Eric Amarola. Can't go wrong with either um, with having Eric Amarola or Ryan Priest as your who's going to suck pick. 
Uh, and it looks like the chat's going with Almirola too. We might need to put a cap. On we how might, many times we, yeah. We you know what? Hey chat. Season. Hey chat. This might be the last time you're allowed to pick Eric Almirola for sub. <laughs> We're like NASCAR. Okay, we change the rules mid season. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. might I mean, be the last time. Roll we'll out points, this time. I mean, the points for this don't matter. I know, I know, but you know, it, it's gotten boring now though. They always pick the ten. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to spice it up a little. Not, bit. not true. I see a lot of forty-one. Okay. Oh, All right. No. So, so what? We're gonna change this into the um, um, which storehouse racing guy is gonna suck well, segment? Well, uh, we'll we'll find out about that next week. What I want to find out in the next moment here is who's the dark horse this week. Mm. Uh, I like Josh Berry. I I don't, yeah. I don't his numbers at Richmond in the Xfinity series I don't think are too remarkable but it's a short track that's his thing and uh where did he finish a couple weeks ago wasn't he top ten so uh, I don't know. it was top ten at um he was top Phoenix. ten at Atlanta Phoenix. was he top ten Phoenix. at Phoenix as well yeah Phoenix yeah yeah then sweet then I feel he's even on better a roll about it. he's on a roll let's do it uh, well I'm gonna go with the guy who has experience here and I believe this is one of the first races this season where he's been at this track before in a cup car. And I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs. I think Ty Gibbs will be a solid top 10 to 15 driver this week. Hey, I I believe somebody, I think it was Danny said, this guy's statistically having a better rookie season than Ty Gibbs. And he had a pretty good run last week. I'm going to go with Noah Gregson. And remember, he's won at this track before. So. All right. Jump my, the turn. Line. My, my turn. <laughs> oh, Damn. Fuck, I need mess it up. Jesus Christ. All right, I'm gonna mute myself. Sorry. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like last time. I felt bad last time. I didn't even uh, notice. Uh don't ask me why. I just think AJ Almendinger might do well. So AJ Almendinger is my underdog. God, that's why? the second yeah, why? <laughs> specifically said. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? You know what? Maybe subconsciously, I don't want to be in the basement. So, like, subconsciously, I'm just like, hey, you're just like, you're just like, hey, if I just come on out. No, 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 no. No, no. But seriously, Danny, that's the second time this happened this season. My bad. I just get too excited sometimes. (laughs) If you're going to be basement boy, you got to own it, Danny. Yeah, I got to, I got to, for real, own it. Actually, you know what? As punishment, put me down um, um, to the bottom, Jared. All right. Slide me down to the bottom. (laughs) Well, we're doing that. I believe Ty Gibbs is uh, the pick for. Yeah. The, uh, the rest of them, and we've all switched spots now. So there you That's go, dude. You got your wish. Thank you, thank you. Well deserved. And now for the main event, who's gonna win? Who's gonna win at Richmond? Even, Eric? even the mic is in the basement. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, for, for those for those listening on uh, podcast form, Darian meant to say who's gonna win, but it came out as who's gonna win. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> who's gonna win? We- all right, go ahead. Last year, this man on short ovals had a couple of wins. Martinsville, Loudon. Last year at Richmond, finished second and sixth. Toyota has won six of the past nine Richmond races. I'm feeling Christopher Bell. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick, and I believe hey, I picked him last year. Uh, David Bell certainly going to like that. <laughs> and, and I would like that, too, if it wasn't for the fact that one guy last year did even better than Bell. And, well, I, I think he was – Probably the quickest guy out there. Probably should have won uh, uh, Phoenix. I'm going to go Kevin Harvick. I, I think the old guy is going to get it this week. Harvick and... was good. Wasn't he first and second in the two uh, Richmond races last year? Yep. And he was charging yeah. at the end of the first one. Like, it was the was, strategy play, yeah. Yeah, and then the second one, he just flat out ran away from the beginning of yep. the Christopher Bell meme, or B- Busher meme. I mean, Christopher's, mm-hmm. Christopher Smith's. Ugh. 
And then my pick, honestly, looked like he could have won it last year, led 122 laps, did get the win at Richmond. I'm sorry, did get the win at Phoenix, and I think he gets it this weekend. William Byron is my pick. Yep, I agree with Danny. William Byron's on a roll, plus 450 in the betting odds. Mm, Close to a sure thing, right? Right? He's off to a fantastic start. William Byron is my pick. And also, he almost won this race last year. Very close to winning this race last year. Now, I'm looking at the chat right now, and I saw a lot of fours leading up and then some 20s also. Uh, I think it's leaning four, but if you guys want me to put a a, uh, a poll up, I can do that. Too. I we can just to be safe, just to be safe. The four yeah. and the twenty, I'm yep. seeing. Yeah, I think they're uh, in the in the lead. I see a few elevens, but not too many. So four yeah. and the twenty. That's that's fair. All right. Well, I asked them that, and let's head on over to the final super chat stage break of the night as we let this poll fire off well looking forward to next week we will be in the month of april and on april 5th we'll be on danny b talks channel at 8 p.m eastern time uh we're going over that everything from richmond and texas as well as the upcoming Easter weekend racing at the Bristol Dirt Track. Yes, and that'll be a good weekend to to transition it. I won't get to watch probably anything this weekend because I've got two fishing tournaments, one Saturday, one Sunday, but we will be be at the Dirt Bristol race. You're doubling up, Danny. My goodness. Doubling up. Hey, those tournaments are not only fun, um, but uh, they make quite a bit I'm, of money. I'm I'm going for like a Kyle Busch style to try to see what it's like on Saturday and then go for points on Sunday. Mm. Oh, double dipping. Double oh, dipping. I'm going to call you a leech. <laughs> a leech. Well, uh, and also really quick, uh, next Tuesday night, uh, we're doing the NR Cup Series Race 5, one hot night, 400 miles at Charlotte, and Darian – is going to be entered in as the NWP 91 project yeah. 91 Darian. Yeah. Whoa. So, Hey, I, I was told I could, uh, race in, uh, as many races as I wanted to might be on a part-time basis. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see what, uh, other races I'll enter in. So yeah, He's a ringer. Be fun. I promise this time, um, I won't spin the tires like last night. I promise. Guys, I think this is the biggest marathon stream we've had in a while. Damn. Hey, we had a lot to talk about, though, so it's understandable. That's true. I mean, a lot of breaking we, news. We just yes. barely made it over two hours and 30 minutes. So it was, it was one of those nights, but it was very entertaining, nonetheless. But with that, we must have it come to an end. So we will see yeah. you guys next week. Uh, but I think that about closes it out. What do you guys think? Bye. Yes, sir. Bye. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go get a tubby. Hell yeah. Ready? Sure, Fish your face. Set sail. Steve, you look beautiful. You look great. Oh, ridiculous, man.